0: Just a few film nerds breaking out of a rut Drooling over cinema that's hard and uncut Stick us in your ear, thrill to this month's picks And come and listen in, we're Measuring Flicks
1: welcome to Measuring Flicks. I'm Carl Hartley, and I'm Max Peterson,
0: and I'm the most prime bloody Mary of all fucking time. Oh, oh, that looks
1: delicious. Dude, if we it, had video, God, I be, if I, you guys look at that.
0: I realized yesterday I fucked up. I did not get blue cheese olives. That was the only thing that would have improved this thing. Mm-hmm. It is. Let me just one second. Oh fuck. Oh, great googly moogly, Tito's freshly shaved horseradish. Mm. Baby, it's so good, jelly. I'm a little, I'm a little jelly too, and it's sitting right in front of me. <laughs> you're right. You're the one drinking it. <laughs> All right. right. Um. So we are back. Last week, you heard us go hard in the paint. We threw some Christians <laughs> to some lions, and <laughs> yeah, sure w- boy, that was that was a lot. So today, uh Carl, we're diving in. We're going deeper into your world of like road trip, car chase. Flix, kind of Yes, kind of I like the feel of these movies Even last week's, you know I thought that, or yesterday's um, I thought that was a pretty good I thought that was a pretty interesting discussion that that spawned So today yeah, Today, listener, we are continuing With uh, basically the polar opposite Of the film <laughs> that you just saw Sure is We are talking about Steven Spielberg's First film, I believe um, Made for TV Rated PG Blows the doors off the motherfucker Spoilers, I'm pretty sure you and I both love this movie
1: Oh, it's one of them Yeah, it's yeah. up there, man So we it's are really good
0: Right, it's uh, starring Dennis Weaver, Jacqueline Scott, and Eddie Firestone We are talking today about 1971's Duel Dude, I loved this movie I loved just yeah. about everything about this movie So, right off the top One of the first things I noticed um, This script is written by Richard Matheson. Now, we know that name, and listeners of this show will have heard that name before. Richard Matheson is the guy, famously, he's a, he's a famous um, horror and sort of like sci-fi-ish writer, more horror, more thriller type stuff. Yeah. He's the guy who wrote Stir of Echoes, which if you haven't seen Stir of Echoes with Kevin Bacon... I forget
1: about I forget about that movie all the time until I like accidentally stumble on like a, a thumbnail for it or a trailer. Right, I'm like, right. Oh, Stir of Echoes is really fucking
0: good. Dude, back in the day you used to catch it on like FX or TNT, like yep. late at night. It was always playing it, they would like start at like eleven. Anytime Stir of Echoes came on I always watched it That movie's legit scary That's a scary yep.
1: movie It's Sixth r- Sense is a fun romp I see dead people This one is not
0: Right, right Stir of Echoes You're like I will literally kill myself If it <laughs> means that I don't have to see Dead people anymore <laughs> yep. Um Yeah, so he did Stir of Echoes, he did Hell House, which is a phenomenal novel, but most famously he wrote I Am Legend, which is the inspiration for uh, The Last Man on Earth, and of course the Will Smith vehicle I Am Legend, and of course Omega Man with Charlton Heston. Richard Matheson is a hell of a writer, and of course this movie Duel is based on a short story of his, and he got to write the script. I think those are two things... In conjunction with having Steven Spielberg at the wheel That makes this movie pretty damn good This is really well written Um So I'm not 100% sure what the name of the collection is But You can get this short story for free In audio form on Hoopla It's in one of the two Richard Matheson short story collections There's one that's called like Blood on the sun or something like that And then there's another one I'm pretty sure it's on the other one Mm. But I listened to this short story Um like four months ago Oh wow And it is This movie Catches The feel Of that short story So perfectly This is one of those things Not always uh, when, when a writer Writes the screenplay Of their own thing That does not always Pan out Right Sure Cause like pros And screenplays Have kind of different Demands
1: that and you're, you're almost too close to it. You need, like, that that other person to come in and tinker.
0: Right, like Thomas Harris wrote the screenplay mm-hmm. for uh, Hannibal Rising. Hannibal Rising was kind of a shitty movie, you know what I mean? Um, but on the flip side, uh, oh, God, who's the guy who wrote um, The Exorcist? Do you remember? William, a- William Blatty? William Blatty wrote the screenplay for and directed Exorcist 2 fucking top-to-bottom killer flick. You know, so, so it doesn't— weird it, as—
1: Weird as fuck, (laughs) really
0: weird movie. But it doesn't always pan out. In this case, I think it does. How did you come to be introduced to this movie? Like, how did you? Where did you hear about this, dude? This is amazing. So I'm a huge,
1: huge Steven Spielberg fan, but this was one movie that that never hit my shelf on VHS, DVD, or otherwise until fairly recently, like in the last ten years. Okay. Uh, Joe Rogers, who you met, who was at our and uh, Filmies last year, he
0: was the winner of the warm the winner sixer of, the, <laughs> yeah, the, of BBR, the winner <laughs> of warm six pack. Uh,
1: we used to uh, we worked for the same video rental company, and so we would do we watch movies together like all the time. Sure. And uh, when I moved to Iowa, whenever I came home for any length of time, I would always make it down to Lansing and I'd always crash with with uh, with Joe and Janelle. Mm. And we would go and we would go to all of the um, like pawn shops in the like the the Lansing area and just like peel through all these DVDs and like end up with a haul of like 150 movies to take back to Iowa. Right. Sure. (laughs) So we're in a we're in a um, pawn shop and we're digging through movies and I come across Duel. Directed by Steven Spielberg. I'm like, Joe, what the fuck is this? I'm like, yes. <laughs> you don't know? That's Spielberg's first movie. It's made for television. I'm like, how have I never heard of this? I claim to be, like, Steven Spielberg's biggest fan. But this is before, like, I mean, Google wasn't really a thing yet. We're talking, like, right, right. early 2000s. Like, people are still figuring all that out. So it was, like, this rare find in in a Store in in Lansing I'm like all right, well I'm gonna check that out And it sat on my shelf for a year or so And I finally watched it and I'm like What the fuck
0: (laughs) Dude that when you as we were talking That is one of my favorite things about The 90s and early 2000s Um, I was I got into film A little later but I was way into comics When I was around that age and you're right One of the things that people collectors and fans Don't they talk about Sometimes but usually it's just taken For granted that you have Google and you have the internet and you have eBay and you have a, you have Amazon you have IMDb.
1: Com- Let's right. look up their entire filmography and, and yeah. And, and now
0: there's there are resources like for example one of my all time favorite websites, Grindhouse Database, the Grindhouse mm-hmm. Movie Database. Like you can see every there are hardcore nerds out there have compiled every Grindhouse film ever and they have lively debates about what qualifies and what doesn't. But back in the day. If you wanted to find out what the what your favorite comic book creators were doing, you either looked at the ads in the comics you had or you read Wizard magazine and figured out what mm-hmm. they liked. And Wizard did cool shit like, here's an indie small press publisher that you've probably never heard of. Here I remember back in the day you could order comics from underground creators because Wizard would give you their email address. Right. And you would mail them two dollars. Send us an email, and we'll, yep. Right. You'd you'd email them and send them two dollars, and they would give you like in you know like oh what's your address? Send us two bucks with your address. We'll send you a comic. And you'd get comics that way. It was like old school record store have to hunt for shit. And I feel like because you're, I don't think would you have? Do you think you would have found? duel if you'd had the internet you know you're scouring you, you probably oh i would
1: have and i would have ordered it on amazon that day and i would have looked at the recommendations in the cart below i'm like oh yeah i don't own the color purple yet you know i chucked them all in my cart checked out for seven eight seventy eight ninety five and been fine then i would have owned duel would have watched it or was streamed it live
0: sure i feel so like there's
1: something about that finding it in the wild in this moment of discovery it was it was like going in a time machine or your, your reality shifts And changes In that moment it, and it, That moment of discovery And phys- physically Holding this piece of media That you had no idea That existed Until that moment
0: And that's That's part of it too Isn't it the, There is yeah. When you find something In the wild There is a moment Of discovery There's yeah. the moment You pick it up You see it Like that's Most of the movie covers In my head Are films I haven't seen Because it was My dad took me to Blockbuster And he let me Look yeah. at shit And I'm You know, eight years old, and he's looking in the foreign section, and I'm pulling horror movies off, and I'm seeing, like, oh, my God, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You see the house, the the cover to house. The cover to
1: house, the finger pointing on the doorknob. Yeah, the
0: finger pointing on the – and, like, just – you see covers like that, the cover to the stuff. You know, like fucking goo coming out of eyes and and
1: mouths. is always one that comes out to me, like pinhead on the cover. I would just stare at it.
0: There's a cover of a movie that I remember, which is very hard to find now. You can stream it on Tubi if you're a hardcore cannibal movie fan. There's a film called The Mountain of the Cannibal God. And it's Ursula Anders on the cover. Like James Bond hottie sexual awakening actress herself on the cover. Uh, ropes to a post, on her knees on a mountain, screaming under the baking desert sun, and it says "The Mountain of the Cannibal God" in like red '70s text. N- I'll never get that cover out of my head. That movie, kind of, it's okay, <laughs> but like that, right. you know, there's that moment of discovery that changes you. And dude, I'm glad you discovered Duel this way. This is f- this is a great movie. This like, is genuinely. Grindhouse.
1: This is like the fact that it was made for television. It's PG. That's wild. It's I mean, wild. It is. It, it took chances. And that's the one thing. Well, I'm in my long walk for the King, which some people may or may not read. I'm working on the shining right now. And part of the conversation that I'm having is it's hard not to talk about the Kubrick film. Sure. Right. It's just those things are, but the better version is the made for television. One It's like a four episode miniseries, And it's incredible. Okay. Um, And they're able to get away with so much on network television. The same is true here, where they are pushing the boundary just to the edge of what they can get away with, with censorship. And, you know, this is going to be airing at 7 p.m. on CBS in between you know, <laughs> the local news
0: and <laughs> sure. and
1: whatever general hospital shit you're watching.
0: Right, right. Like there might so, still be kids awake, so you gotta be careful.
1: Right. But this is it just reminded me of that too, because I'm just dealing with both of those. Like I just watched the miniseries for the shining, which is like mid nineties. Right. And this is Seventy one. Seventy one, a one shot made for television movie, and I'm like, man the really good filmmakers are pushing the boundary of what you can get away with on network television because this feels like a you go to a double feature at a old, rickety fucking movie theater.
0: Right. Spin this with the pom-pom girls yeah. or spin this with, like, single room furnished or, sing, yeah. like, you, this is a drive-in style so I was going to say, this
1: is a drive-in movie.
0: Honestly, Absolutely. I would like to see this double featured with I mean, it might be too much car for one night, but this double featured with Death Proof, Quentin Tarantino's Death yeah, Proof.
1: I kept coming up with Death Proof. Um, for a lot of scenes in particular, are homages in Death Proof to I, this. I totally like...
0: agree. I'd never known about this movie before, but having now seen it, you can. You're. It's all over. It's all over Death mm-hmm. Proof for sure. Yep. Um, one. Speaking of the PG rating and doing the whole doing the thing on on television, I loved. The I mean, spoilers. Obviously, we're we are gonna jump around and stuff. But at the very end, when you get the, we'll try and I'll try and hide what we're talking about. But when you get the blood dripping off of the the um mm-hmm. the steering wheel, it's just brown enough that you know they told the network that was oil.
1: It's oil. Yep, absolutely. And you know the no, be- that's oil. It's and, oil. And the best Clearly. part
0: about that is like. Because of how Steven Spielberg sets this up, where you never see the truck driver's face, we don't know that driver. He's really not the character. The character's the truck. It's
1: the truck. So the really, front end of that truck with all those license plates. Right. Like, there's that tombstones on the fucking grill.
0: That there's that wild. There's that wild thing where yeah, there's multiple like the multiple license plates wired to the grill is a horrifying touch, especially when you get deeper into the movie and you realize like what that might mean. You yep. know, but um. I, I love the fact that at the end I, I'm waiting to see if the guy Crawls out of the cab you're like oh god did the man Live did the man live you remember you know it's A mad mad world or they're like is, is he Kidding right <laughs> <laughs> I mean, He,
1: just, I he just, just Shot right out there
0: <laughs> but like It's there's a moment Where you realize that this guy's not waiting To see if the guy crawls out of the Truck he's waiting to see if the truck gets back Up and comes after him it's yeah. the truck He wants to kill so that Oil that can still be oil And it's, it's the blood of this beast Like the when the tires stop spinning That's disturbingly suggestive Like this, tr- we watch a truck die And it matters that's a, that, Steven Spielberg pulled that off In a PG made for TV movie That's amazing that's wild. Um, So let's jump right back to the beginning And go through this thing Because you can see That Steven Spielberg will be One of the greatest directors of all time In this film
1: that's my first thought from frame one. From the just the we we we're taped to the bumper of this car as we go through the title sequence, which is just listening to a boring radio broadcast. We're getting on the highway. We're going past Pasadena.
0: Right. It, it, I love the POV by the way. Like we're on the front bumper of this car. So he immediately, right out the gate, we start with black, right? And we hear like car sounds, and then we hear like as a you know, a garage door comes open and then we back out of a garage and we realize that more or less throughout this opening credits, we are his, we are, uh, Dennis Weaver's car. Yep. That's our
1: bumper of the car. Right.
0: That's our POV. So we start by sort of gently associating ourselves with a vehicle, which makes it easier later to swallow a vehicle as a character. Yeah, Like this isn't just, I mean it is, this is really well shot But this isn't just really well shot and visually interesting and stylish and cool This also reinforces something that we're going to need reinforced If we're going to buy a semi-truck as a character mm-hmm. Good shooting, great writing, good thinking Like this, right immediately this film is already doing the work it needs to do Talk—we We talked last week about a movie that was way too long this mo- week, we're going to talk about a movie that uses every second of screen time pretty much. And that's the thing, because
1: it has to. If you're shooting a film for network television, right. you can't like go to the studio and be like, this is going to run 94 minutes instead of 90. If it doesn't run 90, you don't get your fucking movie on and television.
0: They'll just arbitrarily cut shit out. And this one comes in at 120. It's like 129.40 or something like that. Like They came in under yeah. an hour and a half. And it doesn't. It doesn't feel too long. It doesn't feel too short. This movie's like almost exactly the length it should be. I will say this: in between episodes, because I was like, I love Duel. This movie's fucking awesome. I rented it. I'm going to buy this movie. It's amazing.
1: I was so pissed that my DVDs fucked up. There's
0: there's a couple bits near the end of this movie that do seem ever so slightly too long. Like there's there's a little tiny bit of of puff. In the end of this But the only reason mm-hmm. I'm pointing that out Is because I'm so hyper aware Of like Bloat and puffiness After we did Mad Red right. World Yeah So Like there's There's a couple bits in the end Especially when the car Is getting really fucked up And we can't really We don't have access To high speeds anymore There are certain times Where watching a car Go 10 miles an hour Like up a hill While a truck goes 10 miles an hour Up a hill Like I get where the tension In that scene is if you'd cut like maybe ten or fifteen seconds out, it would have been a little sharper. But again, sure. I'm talking about like cutting ten seconds. This is right. a, this <laughs> is a damn tight movie. This is fucking excellent. I'm just I don't want to be only praising it. You know, they, no, fair enough. So um, that ten seconds before he gets over the hill and starts rolling down. Right, yeah. right. That that's exactly the scene I'm thinking of too. That yeah. hill, that hill. He's chase, like, come on. Come on Yeah Come it, on Come and, on Get up the hill And once he gets like Once he Once the actor Once Dennis Weaver Starts giving me that Really like The intense performance I'm back in it There's just is, like oh, yeah. It's just the shots Of the cars And it's only like I'll, I'll even say like Eight seconds Like it's barely Anything needs to be cut But it was there And I wanted to Acknowledge it Um I love the 70s font At the beginning Um I love the fact that even in our opening credits, we're already doing we always talk we always use the Henry James turn of the screw to ratchet you know, ratcheting up tension and, and creating um, intensity and that sort of thriller vibe. This is crazy that in the opening credits, he's already starting to make us nervous. And it's because we're very low to the ground and we're on the front of a car. And we're stopping suddenly close to other cars. We're like, oh, my God, we're going to rear end this car. Oh, my God. Okay, we stopped. Oh, we're going to hit these two ladies. Dude, they're in the crosswalk. Yeah,
1: the ladies crossing. I'm like,
0: oh, fuck, we're going to hit these. You're kind of coming in hot on these two ladies. And you're like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Oh, God. Okay, okay. And then the cars passed. And we're in, we're listening to a like a talk radio broadcast
1: yep. in the open right. talking whatever. Yeah. Now
0: let's jump into this. Do you think it's nonsense? Because I actually, I think that the radio, I think Probably the radio conversation is meaningful, especially given where this movie goes near the end. Um, I think the early part of the talk radio stuff is just um, incidental to show us right. that he's listening. Traffic
1: at the I seventy five is backed up for five minutes. Uh, right. Uh, the eye like, in the sky is telling us it's uh, not really a movie. Sixty eight <laughs> degrees in the valley and seventy eight degrees in the right. It's like for for all the thing. driving,
0: the thesis of the film is not traffic and weather conditions. You know, right. like, but but we do get to a talk radio bit where a guy calls in and he and he says, all right. "You know, I, I had your survey and it and it said, 'Am I the head of household?' And I had to think to myself." You know I'm I'm the man But I'm not the head of the household Not in my house you know and actually Dennis Weaver kind of Calls back calls this back a little bit Later on when he calls his wife So the fact that we get It twice there There is something in here and I did mention In the last episode that we're going to talk a little Bit about straw dogs today because I think this movie Covers some of the same ground Of straw dogs now Carl this is a fun car chase movie. I don't want to drag you down too far into the wild. No, that's i right. Of... I'm I'm always
1: ready for a romp down memory lane. Let's
0: let's go romping our
1: and... conversation about <laughs> hour and a half. The thing. male gaze and
0: well, <sighs> it's, but... it's it's not the male gaze. But I think that there is a comment about American masculinity in this movie.
1: Very, very much, much so, because our our main character is not your typical hero archetype he's kind of a poof
0: a little bit he's a little he's a little soft and the only reason that he comes across as soft is because we keep contrasting him with harder men Mm -hmm. or 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 more i'm gonna say more traditionally 50s masculinist men and we also contrast him with there's, there's there's a couple things going on here And I want to kind of get into like the film The f- historical film criticism on this episode If you're cool with it But we also contrast him with Extremely large, powerful, old machinery Right I think this movie is at least partially About like m- male impotence And the, I'm going to say waning or shifting Approach to or or value of air quotes hard air quotes obviously right. where I'm in I know I'm in squirrely territory here traditionalist masculine behaviors because we start with a dude calling a radio show saying like I'm married I'm a dude I w- uh, but you know I'm really not the head of my household he goes I don't even work I stay at home like my wife works in 1971 when this came out. You know that meant something different than it would In 2020 you know this is sort of like Addressing this rising tide Of feminism You know uh, Betty 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 Friedan's writing The Feminine Mystique Just a a decade Two decades before this like The women's lib movement We're not in 2020 in this movie like Women's lib is not done We haven't scored all those victories We don't have women in high positions Of power and this movie's addressing women are encroaching into male spaces and the men are feeling very one in this and again I'm talking about this movie here people so go with me mm-hmm. they're feeling emasculated especially the guy on the radio and Dennis Weaver these are these are emasculated male characters for sure and all us straw dogs which I would also argue starts us with Dennis den or uh, not Dennis uh Dustin Hoffman yeah Dustin Hoffman's character in Straw Dogs is that sort of like Using just the ter- terminology You know like a, a sort of whipped Soft beta yeah. character it's He's yeah. like this emasculated Male character and you can go back And listen to that episode we dig way into Like the the all of these topics On that but where Dustin Hoffman Is a non-violent Man he's the, he's the new man and, and you know we we talked. He's to... a
1: conscientious objector. He was at all the protests. Of... And, and we talked yeah. a
0: little bit about um, that director, Sam Peckinpah. How how Peckinpah sort of treats that with disdain. Here is a soft. Mm. Here, this man is soft. He's not capable of defending. Blah blah blah. And by the end of the movie, what has he reclaimed? You know, um, it's a. I wrote this down. Um, straw dogs cover some of the same territory. A reclamation of male violence. As a form of of potency Of male right. potency All wrapped up In intensely unhealthy Sexual relationships And neuroses And it isn't just that It's not In Straw Dogs It's mostly like This man has forgotten What it means to be a man And what it means to be a man To Sam Peckinpah Is being uncompromisingly Fascistically violent In right. the face of disagreement Right? So like that's, that's what Sam Peckinpah is reclaiming in Dustin Hoffman in, in Straw Dogs. In this movie, I think it's a little more complicated. I think that this movie is kind of like the aftershock, that, or this movie shows us the aftershocks of the departure of Cowboys from Shinbone. You know, remember Mm. in uh, The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance? Oh, hell yeah. We talked about The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance on this show, and we've talked about Shane, even though we've never actually done the movie for the podcast. But we talk about this moment in Westerns, right, where there's a need for a violent man. There's a need for a hard John Wayne motherfucker. At a certain point when you're setting up a society, you need that person. And that's the thesis of those films, whether you agree with it or not. That's kind of right. what those, that era of Westerns is about. Here comes the violent man. He's going to do the violence you need. And then once society's set up, he goes away again. After Liberty Valance is dead, John Wayne has no place in that society. And right. then Shinbone yep. becomes tamed. And you end up with a sort of quiet, subdued, henpecked, maybe gently, again, heavy air quotes, gently emasculated Jimmy Stewart at the end. He's not a cowboy anymore. He's not throwing punches. He's a senator, and his town is quiet, and there's no life there. We talked about this before, you know? Sure did, yeah. So this movie, I'm wondering, because those movies are made in the 50s and 60s, right? Yep. Where you get Shane. Shane goes and takes it. He never draws his gun until that day he draws his gun, and he kills everyone that needs killing. And then he rides out of town because he's done now, and now a new type of man. Is going to to fill that that void and that type of man is the nonviolent young boy in the farmhouse who's gonna grow up and be peaceful and political and they're gonna start a society because we don't need cowboys anymore there's a thing that happens in filmmaking in the 70s and especially into the 80s but you see it in the 70s with movies like this and straw dogs and death wish where men who are peaceful are punished for being so and the only way out is to reclaim their, their, their male. I'm mean, air quotes and people. Ma- their maleness, right, yeah. and they got to get violent, and they got to fight, and they got to kill, and they got to waltz w- wade through blood. And at the end of it, they're men again. Like that is a thing that is happening in this time period, and I'm wondering if some of that is here in duel.
1: Oh, it's very much so. I mean, it's even so much to the point where when he's having the conversation with himself in the diner he's emasculating himself he's like i know that i i can't drive that fast even my car could drive that fast i would i would be driving 85 for for a time but then be out of habit i would go back to 35 miles an hour again because i'm not i'm not good enough to be able to do that like he's i mean he's busting his own
0: masculinity in his own head right and i won't spoil it but this movie ends We'll get to it, obviously. At which yeah. point we will spoil it. <laughs> but um, this movie ends, I think, in a much healthier and cleverer way than Straw Dogs does. I love oh, yeah. how this movie ends. And if what we've been, what I've been saying thus far about reclaiming masculinity and mm-hmm. reclaiming male violence, if all that sounds really like disturbing to you and and you know questionable. It sounds that way to me too, and this movie's ending subverts it in a way that Straw Dogs does not. I think the ending of this movie is fairly healthy, a fairly healthy approach to its subject matter. It's really interesting. You got to remember too, at this point, the Vietnam War is still going on. That's right. So, and that's that's a different kind of war. You know what I mean? Like, let's let's go back and go through it because. I feel like a lot of my broad stroke stuff relies on specifics from the film. Sure, makes for, sense. For example, starting right off the bat, our character, who we've always we've already kind of pointed out, is a little timid, a little timid, fearful. Yeah. He's not. He's, he's got not a, he even
1: has a little bit of a, like the, a nervous tick. He's constantly like straightening his hair on the left side of his of his head. He's just a right. little bit of a nervous.
0: Right. He's a modern he's this is a modern man. This is not a swaggering hero. This is our this is just a modern office worker dude. He's just a dude. Yeah. Right. Um he's driving a Plymouth Valiant. I think that's important because Valiant is a pretty loaded word in a movie that's yeah, all about fear. Yeah, and and yeah. and bravery and whether you are Anyway, I think that's very meaningful, but it also tells us something if you know stuff about cars. The Plymouth Valiant, there's I think five or six models from, from around this time period, the late 60, or late 60s, early 70s. There's only two that have a V8 in them. Most of them are six-cylinder, and they're not a V6. They're a Slant 6. This is a pretty under... Look, a Slant 6 is a fu- it's fine. It's what it is. But compared to the other vehicles in this, which are all, like, huge diesel pigs... Yeah. Or, like, really brutal V8s, a Slant 6 is a pretty underpowered car. This is a light vehicle.
1: Right. This is meant to go and do your commute and your grocery shopping and your that's it. It's a car car.
0: Right. But it's a Plymouth Valiant. So on the surface, it's got a little bit of a muscle car look, but no Mm -hmm. guts.
1: Yeah. It looks like it should be just
0: ripping ripping it up. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) But isn't that interesting that we put our hero in in a vehicle that looks tough on the outside but it's sort of gutless As far as a car actually goes Now I don't know Look he might be driving The V8 variant But because he's worried about I can't drive that fast My car is not up to this I think they're leading us To believe that This is one of the models That has the lesser yep, engine in absolutely. it absolutely Absolutely So already the That attention to detail Puts this above 90% Of made for TV movies Right there Like you can see Steven Spielberg Some directors get Oh yeah it's a made for TV movie And they're like Yeah okay let me just well, what's it about? Let me just do some cocaine. You bet! I bet you Steven right. <laughs> Spielberg sits down with like five notebooks and three people and he's like, all right, what do we put into this? Get me the writer, Richard Matheson. I want him writing this script. Let's dig in. Because they do. We, t- we just talked about a movie that could only really be described as all sizzle, no steak, totally hollow, just a flashy show. This is a movie that is bare bones. Yeah, super tight. And, and just- so tight. Like, Everything means something so packed, so loaded. Every moment you're wringing tension out of this fucking thing. The opening credits. Make you queasy with tension before you're even into the film properly
1: You don't even know what's like happening and going on. You're There's, just driving down a street and you're full attention. He <laughs> ratchets
0: it up. He, he <laughs> ratchets up tension with no conflict before well, ever yeah. we see the fucking truck. We're already with no, like
1: with no conflict <laughs> and no context for anything that you're seeing. You're just like, why I why, why am I so uneasy we, right now? Why see, am I like,
0: so uneasy? Yeah, we we're introduced to one character and we're already like, oh fuck, <laughs> oh fuck, what's gonna ha- oh god. He's driving all shitty. <laughs>
1: right. He's not signaling his left turn. He's following that truck way
0: too close. No, oh, dude, get off his ass! Like that's—you can tell right away that this truck is gonna chase you. Like, oh, right. <laughs> um. By the way, I this truck. There's a there's a TV show. Sorry, listeners. There's a TV show called Reboot. It was one of the very first CG like digital cartoon type things. It was brilliant. It came around in the 90s. It was very good. There's an episode where they pass Dish Mad Max, and I'm not positive, but I'm pretty sure that this truck, the, the dual truck, is the inspiration for the semi in that cartoon. And that's what we that's what we do here, man. Like we're gonna call out the tiny pop culture stuff if we can see it, but like the truck in absolutely. this looks so much like the truck in in uh man, well, in the this reboot. truck
1: is iconic, man, for sure. this is I mean, you as soon as you watch this movie, that is that's
0: that's a character in and of itself. It's this truck, ugh, by the way, and I, tell me if I'm crazy. this is the shark oh, this is absolutely the shark. This is the he's first. A, yeah, th- we are seeing Steven Spielberg's Jaws shark for the first time in this. There's movie.
1: a there's an interview with him on the like the Blu-ray special edition of Jaws where he's talking about making the leap from like television to cinema and like when he was making Duel he's like I want to make I want to make a movie like Duel again but with like the Hollywood budget and like the actors that everybody knows but how do you make Duel again but make it more frightening? What if you didn't see the truck? What right. if it was underwater? What if it was a shark? Like. It's very much in his head making Duel and Jaws like the same sort of idea, the thing that you can't get away from. It's constantly hunting you.
0: I'm positive that you are also, as I am, a slavish fan of fucking Jaws. Huge. Oh,
1: it is, pro- it is a perfect
0: movie. 100%. Yep, Jaws is flawless, top to bottom. We mentioned the USS Indianapolis in the last episode. There's a monologue in that movie about it, which is we we talked about um, Willem Dafoe's monologues. The,
1: Both arms just got fully fucking damn skipping Hair's standing up.
0: If Willem Dafoe's got two in the top five, then one of those top five monologues is also the the USS Indianapolis monologue from Jaws. It without without question. Um, and you can see dual all over Jaws. You can see some of those techniques like the close like the um. I you know in Jaws when they're doing like the kind of like GoPro esque strap to the boat shooting where it looks dynamic and you're close to the water and yep. the sudden splashing sound is part of what like kind of gets your blood cooking, you know? I will say this. I think obviously obviously Jaws is a is a better made film, it has more money. It's like it's Steven's one of Steven Spielberg's Magnum opi you know. Y-
1: you've got a Williams score Lipuses. kicking you I mean
0: Yeah, yeah. You've got John Williams on board, which not in duel. Still great soundtrack in duel, very good music.
1: It yeah, but it reminds me a lot of Psycho.
0: The strings definitely. Yeah. There is some Psycho going on here, which I actually liked. I didn't have a problem with seeing like nope, truck, and then you hear that, nah, 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 <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's very
1: much like the knife sting happening. In I'm the like, sport. oh
0: my god, they're gonna pull the curtain aside, yeah. and Dennis Weaver's gonna fall, and we're gonna see his butthole like Anne Hae in the remake. <laughs> oh, but, <laughs> no. um, but yeah, man, like seeing the. Seeing the quick cuts to the truck um, Especially We talked about this in uh, a One hour photo When we're, we're in her car and it's tick, 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 tick Her turn signal you know And then we cut into uh, Cy, Cy of the photo guy's car and it's like Tick, 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 tick Because his bulb is burning out It's kind of like that but visually When we're shooting outside of, of Dennis Weaver's car The car's driving along early on of course Right after he meets the truck the the driving is smooth the car is pretty smooth we're going fast but it's smooth still you know it's like it's that kind of i think the shooting often reflects his state of mind mm-hmm. you know he he's nervous of course because this why is this truck now passing me what the hell man this truck I driver give you
1: the open road go right he's
0: like yeah go ahead if you're going to drive drive but why is he being all petty we're not scared yet we're just unnerved no. so when we're the shooting
1: ner- Nervous, not scared when yeah.
0: we're shooting Dennis Dennis Weaver's car in the beginning It's pretty smooth he's going fast And then we'll suddenly like Cut to a truck angle Where we're we're like mounted to the truck Or we're on the trucks like the top Of the cab the the shot That sticks with me is The shot that's ba- It's basically like a GoPro mounted To the side of the trailer Aiming mm-hmm. forward sw- exactly
1: what you're Talking you know this about shot
0: dude because it's like the wind is fucking rattling the the camera and the vibration of the truck is rattling the camera and it looks like the screen is just shaking with rage because you're we've seen that we can be in a vehicle's POV you know yeah. when we're in the car we're smooth when we jump on this truck dude the truck oh, is just the the shaking for me was like a vi- visual metaphor for how unhinged this not the driver, not the truck, this entity, this fucking thing. How unhinged this thing is. Dude, this this truck for me becomes the same type of character as Michael Myers. This unstoppable it primal shape. death force. Yeah. Oh my god. Dude, I, I so you've seen me ratcheting up, and it's not just the Bloody Mary. Carl, you picked a fucking great movie, man. Yeah. I got way and into this.
1: Fuck, dude, and if the brilliant choice to not show the driver yes. ever – Creates this entity ever We see his arm at one point when he Waves him by but that's the Only time we and that's Brilliant because if we didn't see any Sort of person in the cab then we start to That's there's a weird disconnect of There's not a human in charge here It's just a machine you have to know You have to know there is a human there Just like with Michael
0: Myers you have To have him without his we have to have to see him Put the mask on to know that he's a man Yep. And then you show us the faceless hell that is the, the faceless force that is Michael exactly. Myers. Exactly. This, this truck, you see the hand, and you're like, there's a guy in there. But the guy's. Clearly, are, there's a human in charge. But it's irrelevant because that truck plus that man is a force of nature.
1: Becomes a different thing. And the fact that we never see. God damn it. It's the, brilliant,
0: man. It's brilliant. Oh.
1: <laughs> Do you think. Let me ask you this. Do yes. you think that when he when he when he finally pulls over and he gets into the cafe and he's sitting there talking to himself and he's trying to figure out he's looking at everyone's boots because we saw a shot of his boots when he's kicking when tires kicks up his tank shit. yeah yeah do you think that he was one of them or that he would never enter the
0: diner do you think that we actually see him at some point or now do you I, think that i have two theories and i have a i have a question i wanted to throw it to you i i, I did watch this this morning um with my morning coffee which by the way if you want a really experienced duel get some caffeine in you dude you so your heart's already going and then every fuck yeah dude every single like rat tension ringing car stunt you're just like oh, oh god i'm gonna yeah. throw up i'm gonna throw up
1: okay i'm gonna eat <laughs> like
0: a beer i'm gonna fucking pee. oh god it's they're amazing they kill kids <laughs>
1: in this movie they're gonna fucking kill kids yeah. dude i know
0: the whole school bus of children i'm just like oh god Oh god! <laughs>
1: the only thing that made me like okay With what I thought I might be seeing Dude, <laughs> It's made for TV they're not gonna kill kids
0: For real though like l- l- You have more experience with this than I do So you had a leg up G- I'll give this movie this I knew because it says at the beginning before you get the opening titles It's PG you know the rating pops up I knew it was made for TV I knew it was PG I completely forgot at every second of this movie Any yep. moment I was ready to see Mangled children's bodies Or like Guts or st- like this movie feels like it could go to eleven rowdy.
1: G, but it feels dangerous.
0: Yes, it it feels like um like the like the Planet of the Apes sequels where they're like rated G. Here's a bunch of crucifixions, <laughs> yeah, and you're like, what right. in the fuck are you showing me? It feels like that, and actually this is that time period So, you know, do it very well
1: Dead bodies Yeah,
0: there could have been, been a rape and a hanging in this movie Probably, and still you know. got a PG Like, dude, the 70, early 70s are wacky times Only
1: if they aired on NBC It never happened <laughs> on CBS
0: Yeah, CBS is clashy <laughs> Clashy, she, <laughs> clashy, she. Um, Oh, but no, I can't sidebar us that far I Someday remind me to tell you about Jimmy Stewart's World War II Career it's insane. But it's way too long to be talking about but during fair enough. um put a pin in that one. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely put a pin in that. I did it my Jimmy Stewart and it got me thinking. But um God, dude. The cut work, the this is very intricate editing. Because if you think about what this movie is, which is essentially an hour and twenty nine minute car chase with Remember in Mad 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 Mad, Mad Bullshit we did last yeah. week or
1: yesterday? Bicker 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 shit.
0: Right, bicker, 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 bicker shit. Um, directed by Stanley... C- can't cut. Um, so...
1: <laughs> Seriously.
0: Stanley, leave it in. Stanley, leave it in, yeah. <laughs> Watch, by this point, after we've recorded this, we're gonna get, like, 50 emails that are like, you gotta stop shitting on that movie, man. All right. It's too late. Sorry, listener, we'll stop next... Season
1: 5, we're still pooping all over. It's a mad, 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 mad world.
0: God, but, like but talk about talk about a movie we were talking in in mad mad thing um how there's like that whole subplot where they would cut to the the cops for like 10 minutes at a clip and you're like why are they here what is the purpose of this god don't don't break from the action the action is the only thing holding this poor shit together mm-hmm. this movie we we are like in car chase city but Mad props to Steven Spielberg, knowing that you you can't maintain car chase. You cannot make a movie that's just a stunt reel. He's got to have something. So when we cut away in this movie for ten minutes at a time, when we go to Chuck's diner, when we go to I'm gonna go to the you know I'm gonna go to the bathroom and wash my hands off, or oh let me make a phone call in the toll booth. When we're not in the cars, when we're not actively shitting ourselves with tension and fear, we're building. We're building a story that matters and means something, mm-hmm. and we are covering ground character-wise without all of this, like, boring, unnecessary, fluffy backstory. We know who this guy is without really knowing anything about his life. We know him, though. We know him yes. and how he thinks because we go right into his head. This is something that doesn't always work in movies. Like It sh- doesn't.
1: I have a note about that, the inner monologue, because well, when it first started happening, I was like, uh-oh. Oh right. no! Sure,
0: you but, you remembered the bad version of Blade Runner and the exactly. lazy Harrison Ford voiceover. Sure,
1: but this absolutely works here. With, it does because it's it's working his his own his own inner monologue is almost working against him in some ways, which makes it super interesting.
0: I think the other thing that works is his his inner monologue isn't editorializing you know there's that crime noir thing where you're editorializing your memories and you're like it, it, this movie could have been this it could have been i walked into the bathroom knowing that that my troubles were over and that that truck was far in the distance little did i know that the nightmare would continue you could do that and it would suck right yep. or you could do what this is which is literally just his is thoughts he still there? i
1: wonder if he's still there if he is still there what would i do yes. what if he's still in the diner
0: Right you see I gotta this? wash
1: my hands. What I gotta get my hands clean.
0: Another thing that this movie does that some movies don't pull off, that this one pulls off brilliantly is showing this guy running through a scenario in his head. He, we watch him approach a guy, and the guy turns around, and then we cut back and we realize that that was he was just imagining approaching the driver and he's actually sitting in the booth shitting himself with fear. Yeah, working, working it. it
1: through in his head, working it out. Place well,
0: right, because then he goes, wait, but it's, because he goes, it's probably not that guy. It probably is this guy. So then he just does it again in his head, and we jump into his head, and he walks over, and he turns around, and the guy's drinking a beer, and he's like, no, that's not it either. And we, we literally are in his thoughts, and when you crawl that far into somebody in a film. If you believe it, if you buy it, if it's done well, that's an ins- that's a very effective way to ground a, a viewer in your POV character because, yep, you, because you made your viewer the POV character. We're thinking his thoughts, man. We're in his head. And it's so well done and so well shot. And honestly, look, Dennis Weaver is mostly famous for television. He, he mostly did TV shows. I looked mm-hmm. him up on IMDb. He's doing really good work here. This is a great this is a good performance from a guy that you don't see in flicks very often. He's good. He is good well, and, in this.
1: And it's a big ask, man. You're carrying the whole damn thing.
0: Yeah, this is dude, it's like it's like if Locke was a car chase rather than a drama. Like you right, end seriously. up pretty much with one guy in a car for an hour and a half. There are, you know, obviously we get secondary characters and there's the whole Chuck's Diner scene, which is great, you know, but really Dennis Dennis Weaver is carrying this on his back. But boy, does he have some strong hands holding it up with him? He's got sure He's got Steven Spielberg on one elbow and Richard fucking Matheson on the other. No wonder Dennis Weaver fucking Babe Ruths this goddamn thing over the fence.
1: I mean, with that kind of that kind of support behind you, man, that's.
0: Carl, I'm like fucking hard for this movie, dude. This duel is so goddamn good. Spin this people Spin it It ain't even that expensive You get it on voodoo This is worth watching Son of a bitch Alright Let's talk about Let's talk about some of the stunt work And then dive into Chucks Because I want to talk about That That fucking Plymouth Just Just Spraying shit Dovetailing Or uh, Fishtailing Spin Does the spin-a-rooney And then Piles Sideways Into a Stout White fence That's sh- That first car crash When he finally like legit fucks up the car
1: yeah looks like you got a little bit of whiplash there
0: that's one of my favorite lines in this and just a little whiplash is all (laughs) they're just like right in the accident off the 70s were a different time they're like they were Here's you the, might want
1: to walk that off a bit. Go have yourself a sandwich.
0: It, yeah, it's like we got great sandwiches inside. Here's a little vial of cocaine and a cigarette. You'll be <laughs> fine, you know. <laughs> Let me get you a cup of black coffee and a Quaalude, you know. I'm sure that will.
1: <laughs> Dude, but homeboy is so fucked up from hitting that fence. He, oh my his god. Legs aren't under him. Yo. He doesn't He doesn't repark the car. He just sits there on the fence Against until the he's fence, like yeah. <laughs> He's like, well, "Okay, well, Dude. Like his bell is so fully rung, fully that he rung. Know what planet he's on. It's
0: still ringing, dude. It's games of Thrones on the birth the birthday of Sansa when the, <laughs> the fucking bells go from sun up to sun down. I to his credit, good acting choice. I was yeah, for man. one second I was like, uh, but then Uh-oh. I was back in it. When that dude comes over, Dennis Weaver's eyes are closed. That whole first exchange with that old guy, Dennis Weaver does not open his eyes. He just nope. sits there like holding his neck with his eyes closed, being like. Nope, I'm good. Uh nope, I'm good. Oh, nope, I'm good. Well, how you doing there, young whippersnapper? You can stepper? go away. Like, yeah,
1: having a little uh, trouble there, staying on the sand the road. Oh, no you big that deal. are pretty
0: hard there. I have old, I have OG Firestones on. I've got uh, <laughs> circa two thousand three Firestone tires. You know, shit happens. But I love that. I love him just sitting there with his eyes closed because you got to remember, he's he's not just had a car accident and whiplash. You know, he's got some like neck thing going on. This is the culmination of like. A, a Mack truck, a fucking Mack truck. Here's this is an important description of this truck in this car, by the way. But this is after like a sustained hour of this dude just chasing this guy, trying to kill him. We have pretty much verified that first time when that truck waves him around and he pulls out and there's another truck there.
1: He He's just, trying to kill him. He
0: waved, yeah, he waved him into traffic, dude. That's attempted yep. murder, right? Like, yep. holy shit, this is for real. And now he's just been run—he's been run off the road and crashed his car. This truck driver's trying to kill him. So he's sitting there with, like— <laughs> I
1: love it so much. It's amazing!
0: Okay, would you—do you have, Do you have like, two screens going where you can, like, run a little research? Yeah, I can. There is a remake of this, I think, that stars Paul Walker. Can you find the name of that movie for me? Oh, that's, uh, that's the Hitcher,
1: I think, that was the— I don't think it's the hitcher
0: but t- take a look at it. I'm I'm almost positive it's a remake. I got you covered. It's uh, yeah, yeah, it's really good. It I saw it when I was a kid and it kind of This movie is clearly better, but if listeners like this, that movie's actually pretty goddamn good. Um so anyway, when he when we get that slide and skid and smash in, did you find it?
1: It's called Rage.
0: The movie's called Rage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that... Rage
1: sets out to break the. Yep. So it came out in
0: 2010. Yes,
1: um, this makes
0: sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This sounds yeah. familiar.
1: Nobody that I'm aware of in it.
0: <laughs> oh, but... never, never mind then, because I'm almost 100 percent sure that Paul Walker is the main character. Um. So when he when he smashes into that white fence right outside Chuck's diner, the dudes come over. They're like, "Truck driver tried to kill you." I can look it up later. Or we can get you on a roll and I can go look up what Paul Walker's been no, up to
1: No, now I'm now I'm like I'm in a wiki hole. You keep going, hold on. <laughs> Just keep, keep
0: talking. Okay. So uh uh we're talking we were talking a little bit about Weaver's internal monologue, but really Weaver's internal monologue, when he's in the bathroom, his the the essential content of his monologue is very human. It's something that I think we've we've all had this moment happen to us. Basically, you thought that you lived in a sane, safe, understandable world, right? When you're driving your car, there. What'd you find?
1: I got it. It's Paul Walker in Joyride. Joyride. Steven Zahn. Yes, J.J. Abrams, uh, John Dahl directed it. Yeah, okay. it's pretty much. They didn't say it's a remake of duel.
0: It's but a remake listen, a duel.
1: Like reading the synopsis, I'm like, mm, it's a fucking remake of duel.
0: <laughs> having been a kid who loved Joyride growing up and having just watched Duel, it's Duel. Yeah. <laughs> it's that yep. movie, pretty much. Um, yeah, listeners, check that out. If you watch Duel and love it, probably watch this one first so you know what you're seeing. But if you like Paul Walker, Joyride's fucking excellent. Well, 14-year-old Max thought it was excellent. There might be like boobs or or you know, like violence in it, and that's all that it's got going. Probably give her a spin and let me know how how shitty my childhood memory is. Um, but we've all had this moment, right? When he's in the Chuck Steiner bathroom and he goes, you know, he's like, "You're just driving down the street one day, and all of a sudden you realize that 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 uh, anybody on this road could be a maniac." You you know that you you have hard and suddenly you are rudely awakened to the true nature of the world. Honestly, yeah. not to get political, Carl, but uh, and not to date the show permanently, but it's 2020. Mm-hmm. It's December. We're about mm-hmm. one month out from. I think we less can less than we can less than a month out. We can all agree, right? That was literally the most stressful election. I'm only 30. It was clearly the most stressful election of my lifetime. Can you remember any higher tension ever in this country? Nope. Still feeling it, man, because we're still dealing with it. It's, it's like fucking wild. So we have and and the the one of the big like kind of the one some of the fallout of that election was seeing how close it actually was cuz
1: 74 I, million versus like 82 million or something like that in the popular
0: you hear a lot about you hear a lot about you know like oh well you know a lot of people don't vote and oh it's been 4 years of hell and it's going to be everyone was doing the same thing they did in 2016 where they're like it's a landslide and you had that thing you even i to some extent fell back into that trap of I understand the world. The world is sane. They're going to recognize what we're seeing as insane, and they're going to do something about it. Mm-hmm. But then you realize when you look at how – look, he, he Biden clearly won. But when you look at the popular vote, it wasn't nearly as landslide as you thought. That was about fifty fifty, Pretty yep. fucking close. Pretty close. So then you start – I mean, dude, I don't know if you've had this, but like – Driving around, like you start looking at other cars, and you're like, when a, when a car's tailgating you, or someone honks at you, you look around and you're like, are you one of the? Dude, fucking... it
1: happens to me a lot now. Like it's, it's usually when I have somebody on the left, or right hand side of me when I'm driving, and yeah. they're like matching my speed, and they're not passing, and they're not. Right. So I'm like, what are you doing? What Brute. are you? Why are you parked right? Why are you parking it right next to me? Right? Why are you matching me? Why, why are you... you matching my speed? I speed up five miles an hour. You speed up fight It happens a lot I don't know if I'm just now noticing it Because I'm Thinking about duel <laughs> I'm anxious apparent. No even before Like weeks sure, before sure, I've sure. been noticing this for For months now Well as my anxiety And other sure. things Have been increasing My, well, I, my, I don't think my it's imagination just imagination goes But it's I don't weird think it, It's weird
0: I, Yeah and I don't I don't think it's just you dude Because uh, Maybe two I don't know time Because COVID's fucking up My perception of time But two or three yeah. weeks ago Bird had a truck Tailgate her From like Way on the way outside of town, she was coming back from the library. Tailgate her from there to the light at the bottom of our hill, turn left and tailgate her in the left lane because we have to turn left to get into our driveway up that hill. In the left lane with no one in the right lane, all the way up the hill. This truck followed her for like eight miles right on her ass. That's fucked. Yeah, like what in the what is that? We had a, the other day, or like about a month ago, and and this is, this is, I'm only bringing this up because this is the, the core fear of duel. In Jaws, Mm -hmm. the fear is if you go in the water, there might be a shark, right? Like, and that's always true, but this is, duel is kind of more insidious because it's, it is firmly in the modern world. You know, like in a way, Jaws is a primordial fear. It's the fear Absolutely. of that that giant primal monster that is outside of time, that doesn't give a shit that you're a human. It will still eat you and it's, shit you out.
1: It's the lion in the jungle. It's the shark under the water. It's that
0: thing, right? Yeah. But in Duel, it's it's a machine. You know, like what does that say? What does that mean? Not only is it a machine, it's sort of unprovoked. Rage and casual violence It is essentially the same core fear As Halloween that's the, fuck,
1: that's the fucking thing that makes this so terrifying My memory of this movie Was that he somehow In Joyride there is a little bit of a reason why the trucker the trucker is chasing them. They, they play a, a prank on Yeah, they're,
0: being, they're pretending to be girls on the uh, yep. CB radio, and they're, like, flirting with this shy trucker yep. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they,
1: so they prank the dude. Something happens that instigates it. <laughs> I
0: can't believe how well I remember that
1: movie. <laughs> I know, right? But in this instance, he doesn't accidentally nudge him. He doesn't no. pass him in the wrong lane. I remember there being some sort of nut. Vi- a poke is a poke. To the to a crazy person who has clearly done right. this before, right? Maybe he's just waiting for someone to pass him in the wrong lane or to do something to provoke his "you are my target." Now, there is no, there is no reason, there none, is no reason for selection. Mm-hmm. It was just that time of day, and now he decided this dude in this red valiant is the one.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay. So not to, so this. Everyone, I think everyone has had a road rage experience, right? Where, oh, where, not not necessarily where you're the one freaking out, but where someone freaks out at you. And it, even especially, it's really spooky when it seems kind of minor, right? You're like, right. I didn't really do anything. Bird and I have twice now, or not it wasn't even during COVID times, but like in the last couple of years, Bird and I have twice called the cops on people who were fucking with us while we were driving. No so shit. Yeah, you're out driving around, and if a car like. Look if someone's tailgating me they're just being a dick I can pull over I can just maintain my speed And if they fuck up whatever You know Yep. But if they're being heinously reckless There was one day we were coming back from the gym And there was a truck that like would pull in front of us Get in front of us and then dynamite the brakes And when I would change lanes he would drop behind us And then pass again And he kept doing it with his middle finger out the window And his horn blaring What the fuck yeah, it was really intense. But it was like it was like a year, year and a half ago. But yeah, I called the cops on that dude and I'm like, "Here's his license plate number, here's the street I'm on." And then, you know, as we rounded the corner and got onto the the long run back to our house essentially from the gym side of town, cop, there was a pr- cruiser in the area. It lit up its lights. I pulled over, the guy pulled over. The cop gets out, do- talks to that dude and waves me on. Like, I wow. yeah, like that's that was a year and a half ago. Um recently within like a month last month or two months bird and I were running down a loom And uh this I mean yes I did accidentally pull out in front of this dude that it was it was totally On me I didn't see him I merged left and I accidentally cut this guy off I was like ah Shit so I did the little wave like my bad bro sorry sorry yeah I'm right working. you know dude it happens Sometimes you don't see him so I'm turning left and I, I was like oh shit I'm sorry I like Did the little wave I made the like I'm sorry face and he followed me 20 miles And it wasn't like that was where he was going. Because at about the 20 mile mark, I watched him whip a shitty in my rear view. He turned around and drove back the other way. That dude just for no reason followed me for 20 miles. That's fucked up. Well, he's hoping you were getting to where you're going to be. So he can get out and have a confrontation. But like that, not to like spook listeners in 2020 like you don't have enough to be spooked about. But the reason this movie works is everyone's got at least one thing kind of like this. Even if it was just a middle finger. What if it turned into this? You know? This is a fucking scary core idea. You forget, you
1: forget to hit your blinker and make a right. Somebody, beep, beep, motherfucker. That could be... Right, and I would almost... Could be the one that snaps. God damn, because everyone has that. We see it in a lot of... We talked about it a lot in a lot of our episodes when it comes to, like, somebody having a breaking point and like, Right. That is now... They're now full in... They're full in fucking crazy mode. Right. Everyone has a different... Someone... Everyone has that somewhere. The gauge... Will break at some point if you push anyone far enough, right? Yeah. Thankfully, most of us our gauge goes pretty goddamn far.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We got some tolerance in the machine. But some
1: people, it's like if I hear one more person say that they don't like the color blue, I'm gonna fucking murder somebody. And they'll do it. And they'll do it. I
0: had a psychology professor in college who told a crazy story one time that I've never forgotten. He was like. He was really cool he was, he was the kind of Psychology professor You know Really laid back He, he used to go we, It was a three hour class So he used to like At the one or two hour mark He'd be like Let's take a break You go out to his car Smoke a joint Come back in You could smell Fuck, it yeah. on him He was rad And I learned a lot From his class honestly Because he just tested Out of the book And I have no problem Reading books So Perfect. it worked But he came in one time And he was like He was talking about How people are unpredictable And you cannot Cannot predict human behavior Doesn't matter Because he's like Look you can understand Human psychology Literally better than anyone on earth You can be a psychologist And you will not be able to read people And here's why And he was basically like When I was a teenager I was working in a kitchen You know he's working in like a Like a Denny's or something right Like some diner And he was saying there was a, I I kept like smacking this dude with With my serviette, my towel Right he's like I'm slapping this dude with my towel And the guy goes If you slap me with that towel one more time I'm gonna fucking stab you he was like, I was like seventeen, you know, just out of high school. He was, and he's like, I wasn't snapping him hard. I was just like, like, yeah, just
1: play, yeah, yeah. just
0: play, like play, slapping someone with a towel. It would not even, you probably wouldn't, barely have felt it, like a like a pat on the shoulder, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, so I'm like, oh, get the fuck out of here! And I I slapped him with the towel, and he stabbed me. Fuck! He picked up a chef's knife and he stuck it all the way through this dude's guts out his back. My my professor, he stabbed this dude with a chef's knife. And then he just hung out in the kitchen till the ambulance got there, and then he got arrested and he went to jail. He's like, Holy "If fuck. you if you hit me with that towel again, I'm gonna stab you." He's like, "What are you talking about?" He smack. and he got almost he got gutted as a kid by some because that because that was that dude's line, and you can yep. never ever tell. Tap me with that towel one more. time. Tap me with that I'm towel. Going I'm gonna to stab you. Stab you. And he did it. Bam.
1: Jesus Christ, man.
0: Yeah, he's like yeah. He's, yeah, but I mean like that professor's up there he's like so don't ever think you know what someone's line is cuz you don't cuz that was a towel. That was a, a smack with a towel for me or for for that guy it was a smack with a towel for me is 8 months of physical therapy and surgery. Fuck, you know? dude. And I mean that dude of course went to prison but like you can't fuck with people. No. You know,
1: That's I, why I always get really nervous like my dad would always be one like if somebody like did something weird like in a restaurant I don't even <laughs> For instance, like looked at my mom a certain way or something. Right, right. Really be like, right. listen, like I'm gonna uh, talk to you now about my don't shut the fuck
0: up. You don't know who this person is. Right. They could just stab you in the forehead. And you know what's <laughs> wild about that is in the forties in the twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, hey, you looked at my wife wrong. Pa! suck in a kissa. Yeah. That was like a thing. That was that that was that cultural dynamic. That was that society's vibe. But this is 71. We don't do that anymore. Actually, no. this movie shows shows our hero, our Dennis Weaver character, try to do that, and it doesn't work. Okay, so no, he, he gets out of his car and he's like, "I'm going to go talk to this driver, or I'm going to go fist fight with this driver. Let's have it out." Right. But the thing is, there's no driver there. This isn't a, this isn't a person. This is a force. This mm-hmm. is a. This is a new cultural force. This is a, this is faceless, mechanized, random violence. This could be a meta- one of the things I like about this movie is how many different metaphors it can carry. It can fit on its back, or how many metaphors it can haul behind its truck. Well,
1: it ha- well the thing, yeah, because it is so it is a, not a blank slate, but you can place your own metaphors on top of it because it's very
0: universal. Right. This in a wild way. I mean, look, this movie is called Duel this is this movie culminates more or less with a air quotes shootout at high Mm -hmm. noon you know like the the scene when we get to the end and Dennis Weaver's jumping in his he's in his car and they're both stopped and he's like you know you can almost hear like and then he drops the clutch and I'm gonna make it past you and then the truck cuts him off and he he turns around and he goes back to his starting place that was draw and fire that's exactly what that was we watched a quick draw but with two cars, because we're not in 1940 watching John Wayne. We're in 1971. Yeah. This metaphor, this could be a metaphor for war. How war is fought now? You send out a single man to go and fight, but he has nothing to fight because all that's all that is ranged against him is destructive machinery. There's nothing to punch. Right. We don't have a dude in a bar room to knock down. You know, we've got a fucking Mack truck. Now I mentioned this earlier I want this is probably the time to dig into it the way that these vehicles are constructed and the type of vehicles they are are important. We already covered the Plymouth Valiant with its slant 6 engine. It's a small car physically. It is a I'm going to air quotes it it is a slight car by weight. Mm-hmm. So visually and physically this is a fairly small car, you know. Um and then we get to this we get this scene where we get to a school bus. You know, we hooked the back bumper so that, you know, the this bus driver's like, hey, buddy, help me out here. My car, what? my thing was overheating, so I turned it off and it barely wouldn't start, which, dude, even the school bus's plight is explaining simple mechanics to people who don't know so that, you know, when a vehicle overheats, sometimes it doesn't start. They're setting us up to understand what's going to happen to the Plymouth Valiant in about 20 minutes. Yep brilliantly because you don't remember that the school bus is what told you that of course you know like i I grew up poor working on cars so you you know like you you know dude i was screaming like even though that semi is behind him i'm like guy your radiator's blown you gotta fuck like your radiator hoses are pissing your heat gauge you gotta turn this off or this car will never run again exactly that is my another one of my like moments where i'm like Okay, look. If he'd been that
1: car would have never started again. No, no, not no. In if a you're ru- years. no,
0: you run that red line, pouring smoke the whole way up with your temperature gauge pinned. You're fucked. That car, those those cylinder are the moment you turn that engine off. They're fused.
1: Yep. They're never
0: turning over again. So the fact that it's like running more or less kind normally, of okay. yeah, yeah. At the end, I'm like, I called bullshit on that. <laughs> but look, it's a movie. I'm a, I'm gonna give it to it. But like. Uh, so he pulls up to this this bus And the bus driver's like Can, can you push start me? Just give me a push and I'll, I'll pop her and drive You know anyone who's ever driven a, a stick shift Has probably done this If you're if you're driving you just hold the clutch in Put the car in drive Get a little momentum And then you let the clutch up And you don't even need to turn the key Because your car will start itself it essentially just, do, Yeah, yeah it, it pushes against the gears And then it, it's like kickstarting a motorcycle Right? Yep However Um we the, the front of this The front of this valiant the, the bumper Which is all steel construction This movie in 2020 Would never work Cause you'd get the
1: Oh he's ripped that Fucking yeah, plastic bumper Right off of you, there Yeah
0: you'd pull your Suburban up to the back And then hit the gas And it would just Crush the front end Of your car Into You're like, like well. powder <laughs> But this is when they back Carl. That's they used to make broken. cars, Carl. They
1: did though. Oh my god, they addressed it in Back to the Future too. They do. I,
0: I fucking love this bit where he's like, you know, I think I'm gonna go right under the back bumper, probably get hung up. The bus driver's like, yeah, yeah you won't, you're fine. Yeah, you be, uh, yeah pretty much. It's like don't don't be a don't be a bitch. Let's push the <laughs> you know, and you're like, oh, okay. Guess what happens? He gets his bumper hooked under
1: the.
0: (laughs) So I I wrote down hooked under the back bumper of the school bus, like you could possibly push start a '70s school bus, probably built out of leftover Grumman tank parts from the Second World War. Built
1: built from leftover tank parts, fucking
0: in sand, like they're not even on the road in sand with a a slight uphill, on an uphill grade with a Plymouth variant. Like what in the fuck? That when was that going to be possible? Like a dude yeah. rolls by in a Geo, and they're like, "Let's hook you up to the back bumper. You can pull us down, de- pull us up." This we got hallway. a seven
1: forty seven. We need toad
0: <laughs> Yes, exactly. It's exactly that. You're like, "Listen, guy, um, I don't think this is gonna work." I'm sorry, you're stuck, and like maybe you got to eat a couple of these kids to live. But my car ain't pushing you fucking nowhere, Buck. <laughs> Buck. <laughs> but um but that was as soon as i wrote that note which obviously i'm writing because it it's funny that they're trying to push start this thing with this stupid little car this underpowered 70s you know like grocery getter but then i started thinking about it and that even plays into the metaphors of what what the new man is what the new masculine is and then you have these throwback vehicles that are made from and i'm not even joking when i say sometimes made from leftover tank parts or manufactured in Mm -hmm. Factories that made tank parts In World War exactly. Like look we're in Vietnam now But Vietnam is a very different War than World War 2 World War 2 is John Wayne's war Where you have men who are men And everyone and there's good guys and bad guys And it's all clear cut and it's 1950s And it's leave it to beaver and everything is When I say like 1940s World War 2 soldier I say that you see someone Yeah, But when I say 1970s working class Man that's a a less clear picture You know Mm -hmm. what I mean And when you see 1970s grocery getter economy car That looks tough but kind of gutless And you surround it with old vehicles From ages past When they built things from steel And oh my radiator hose blew And meanwhile this truck may be going slowly up this hill But you will never stop this power You can hear it roaring it may be going 10 miles an hour but it's 20,000 pounds of fuck you up and it will never stop because it was it's not stopping because it was made in an era where no where nothing ever stopped it it was built to be unfailing mhm and you see those two eras go to war in this movie in this car chase made for tv movie <laughs> man like that's intense. That's Next, really intense. Evening news. <laughs> yeah, right. Like and it's like, and now days of our lives. But you've and you've just watched this fucking to use the word again potent metaphor for what this shifting masculinity is going to be. And I think it's important to point out that the modern man wins in the end, and yeah. he doesn't win by reclaiming his violence. By That's
1: super important. Very because much. I so. am. I am a fan of not having to be violent.
0: Agreed, agreed, I, totally I have agreed
1: to, I, I fall more on the side of a Del Griffith sort of person
0: Give me, yes, exactly, dude Give me doves Give me yep. doves and groovy yep. tunes Like, the 60s is my wheelhouse for film Now, we're this movie's 71 A lot of the John Wayne movies we've been talking about are 50s, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 50s and early 60s But in a way, and I, I did say, like, is this movie sort of an aftershock of of those you know those Movies of heroic individualism That we see in the 50s where you have strong Masculine characters and women Are kind of portrayed like they're portrayed in Mad 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 world you know right. they're Hysterical they're meant for having Sex with and having your babies and that's kind Of it they pine for you like that is the 50s Woman obviously not in every Case but in a lot of the John Wayne type in shit. A lot of them right yeah. But there's a there's a there's a thing that happens In between you get you get the the 50s John Wayne Tough and uh, I hate to throw this term around but like What we do see kind of is, is our fascist Ideals which is mm-hmm. we butt up against Something that disagrees with me and the way through That is to destroy it you right. destroy The thing that's that's a that using Violence to solve a disagreement is a Fascist technique so You got to address that when you're talking about those old Flicks we go From that to the movies of the 60s which we've Not talked about at all in this In this podcast but Uh, A little bit where you get movies like uh, We did it in Mad 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 World Where you get The Trip And you get Easy Rider And you get Wild Angels And weird science fiction films Are starting to make their resurgence And it's the era of the drive-in And it's the era of the hippies And everyone's doing drugs And movies are getting experimental And male characters are becoming softer Or the hard male characters are becoming villains Rather than our hero Like the brutal violent men Are not portrayed well anymore in the 60s
1: and they become Scaramanga.
0: You get Scaramanga in the '60s, and but you also get like um, the leader of the Hells Angels and Wild Angels, where like, yes. ultimately Peter Fonda's not a good dude, and you're right. glad he goes to jail. You know, you end up with Nazis and churches. Like the '60s rips apart the strong, violent man. That unless you're Sam Peckinpah, <laughs> but <Right>. um, <laughs> you know. And then the '70s hit, and I think that Steven Spielberg deserves a lot of credit. For being part of this early wave of uh, this early wave that reacts to that and and also to his credit he's one of the few that values intellect in his male p- protagonist right. rather than just doing an overt reclamation of this violent man that we have. And he
1: continues that in in a lot of his films following this
0: brains over brawn yeah 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 definitely.
1: But then they, you have the problematic shit of like Close Encounters of the Third Kind, where, where he'll just leave his family to go to outer space. You there's know, it's that.
0: Funny. There's. <laughs> did he direct E. T. the Extraterrestrial as well? Sure did. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, look, these some of these movies are a little bit time capsuly. I know that they. I'm pretty sure they've cut penis breath out of the new. Releases. No, they have. They haven't. <laughs> no. Okay, let's be real though. I know that that's, that's problematic. Pretty rowdy. In, I know it's problematic in 2020, but tell me that that's not funny every time you see it. I thought it was funny when I was a kid. Dude, Drew Barrymore, Drew Barrymore looking at her brother and going, Penis breath. That is funny as fuck. I don't even care. That's a great line. Um (laughs) especially because the parents are horrified. Like
1: (laughs) Elliot. Oh my Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And but I think that I think that Steven Spielberg Oh was
1: Elliot. Elliot said it it
0: was nothing like that. Penis breath. Because he's talking to his
1: brother about the (laughs) Coyote or whatever Right, it's not it It's not, not like, Elliot, Laura, Jesus it's Elliot. Yeah. You just, you just called your brother A cocksucker Like, the, oh like my god table. Yeah,
0: even in 81 Or whenever the hell That movie came yeah. out Even then the parents are like This might not age well, Elliot <laughs> I, don't, I don't know <laughs> Elliot Let's give that another take, Elliot It's, dude, that Anyway Um, I do think Steven Spielberg Deserves some shout out here Because He In this movie, and of course, Richard Matheson's in control of the of the script and such, but he's working with Steven Spielberg. I think those two men deserve credit for approaching this and and addressing the modern man, addressing the nineteen seventies man. Look, we have some new hangups. We've got some new brain. We've got some new figuring out where our place is going to be in an evolving society. And we see him pushed again and again towards simply reclaiming the violence uh, Inherent to the the masculine ideal of of the of an age gone by We see him pushed by a violent you know faceless thing But rather than just embracing the violence and becoming this like bringer of Holocaust And I am a man and I'm John Wayne and I'm gonna punch you We see him try to do that And I think it's to Steven Spielberg's credit Rather than falling prey to, and again, I love the I love these movies, but like falling prey to the death wish thing, you know. In right. the fifties, our 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 violent masculine heroes fight for ideals. They fight against the Nazis or they fight against Black Bart and his hole in the wall gang taking over law and order. They uphold law and order. They uphold the American ideal and the dream. In the seventies, there are no the Vietnam War has destroyed the idea of ideals. There are none because it's such a dirty, fucked, lie filled slaughter of innocent people. It's such a such a hell and it's, it's a bummer. Yeah. And for the first time revealed to the world like we're seeing footage of children on fire and children with no skin. And we're like, wait a minute.
1: It's the first war ever where soldiers return home and were like spit on and that's, shit, yeah. That,
0: and the, I that's always brought up, like when the, the when the vets get home, they're really poorly treated. And yes, that's horrible. That, like absolutely that's horrible. But I think you also have to understand why that happened. In World War Two, they go over there and they they're punching Nazis, punching Nazis, know? yep. yeah. And and in World War Two, you know. We're mostly fed We're le- fed less news More propaganda Like our boys Over there fighting Loose lips sink ships And they, they stood for something But there's nothing To stand for In the 70s anymore Because the Vietnam War Has torn it all down So what do we see Our men What do we see Our violent men Reacting to In 70s film It's always Tragedy That's how right. we get The Punisher That's how we death get Death yep. Fucking death wish It's my family Was killed So I'm gonna get Revenge Frank Castle, my family was killed, so i'm gonna get revenge. That's what drives men in the seventies and in the eighties and uh, this is actually kind of the start of the hyperviolent movie is like this this era absolutely but the reason it becomes the hyperviolent movie rather than the these are just our new male heroes is because the 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 impetus has changed. They're not fighting for anything anymore now they're fighting against shit mm-hmm. and the thing that they are fighting for revenge vengeance
1: there's no it's it's shallow it's empty it's hollow that's not once right you, you the way can, you do once you've once you've killed the thing now what
0: right when when there's a when there's a you know we're watching an alternate universe war movie and there's a plane and it's fallen down and it's our hero behind the stick and he's a clean cut American boy who's got a girl back home and down in that building below him is Adolf Hitler in his high command and the only way that he can end this war is suicide and he flies down and he kills a hundred with his bu- He's at least doing something. He's fighting against fascism to preserve freedom and save his girl back home. He stands for something. That he he is dying for something bigger than himself. But vengeance is such a small thing to kill and die for, you know. Like that and that a lot of that comes through in the seventies. Now don't get me wrong. I fucking love the Punisher and I love. The, I mean, yeah, I, I love the say. Death Wish movies, but but this is kind of cool because it's a made-for-TV movie that's showing a shifting psyche in America. And marking the beginning of maybe one of the great modern American modern American, modern directors. Period. It's you fucking know? great, man. It is. It's really good. Um, so we we skipped over Chuck's Diner. Let's do Chuck's Diner really quick. I'm so yeah. I know I've been going like no, Mariana's trench I knew deep you were going to go
1: film school on this one, so I'm just having a great time listening to you take it. Deeper, it it's impe- deeper. I love it. It's
0: impeccable. It's such a good movie. Um, so so Chuck's diner. After we get the whiplash, and he goes into Chuck's diner, we get his monologue in the bathroom. He comes out. He sits down. He orders a cheese sandwich, which I'm pretty sure is what he orders in the in the uh, the short story as well. He gets like a cheese sandwich with onions or something, and he can barely eat it because he's so nervous and sick. Um, you can see the the groundbreaking, innovative, very interesting eye. Of Steven Spielberg especially in the Chuck's diner sequences when he's looking at the line I call it the truck driver lineup all those dudes on the stool mm-hmm. and he's got one hand up and he's kind of hiding his eyes but he's looking at him and he's like okay. checking out there checking out their boots he's playing guess who basically in real yep. life he's like um, I have brown boots <laughs> knock that guy down knock that guy down okay there's two with there's three with brown boots I have a ring on my left hand and a ring on the left hand. You know, and you can see him yeah. like, who could it? Be? I think it's him. Maybe it's him. Ooh, it might be that guy. The way that that's shot, there's this. There's one shot in particular which I just love in this scene where he's shooting down the entire line of truck drivers, and we can. They're all overlaid each other, but some of them are leaning slightly back, some of them are leaning slightly forward, and it makes this hodgepodge jumble of faces and facial features. So. You can't really tell what you're looking at Or whose features belong to who But that's how That's what would happen if you were surreptitiously glancing At this group of people you'd get impressions Yep his, The way that he will without moving the camera really He doesn't change the focal length but There's a guy in the far distance and then all of a sudden Another face comes in front of his And then the camera rotates and we're looking Like, into, like an eyeball has Filled our screen So we go from like a full face to an ear To a cheek to an eye you know and you're like that's what you what the
1: fuck that's what yeah that's, that's what, what it would get. be like
0: you'd get a jumble and you'd only have a second to grab a grab a detail and it's cuz you don't want to get caught looking right and it's done with minimal camera movement no focal changes it's it's the most minimalist shot that has the most shifting textures it's beautiful it's beautifully shot we 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 had to give it to mad 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 world last week it that's a great yeah. looking movie Beautiful. This is a great looking movie. I would argue that Mad 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 World is barely better shot than And this, this
1: is shot in whatever is like 5 by 9 or whatever. Yeah. TV. <laughs>
0: this
1: is made this is shot in 2 by
0: 4. Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. It's like, uh, we're listen, this is just the camera that the studio gave us. We got to yep. shoot in this aspect ratio and our film doesn't really match any talk about like Makes making it work, hu- gold out of spinning gold out of straw or whatever the hell. Um God, so what did you th- – so I love that. I love how – I love the way we get the slow elimination of truck drivers. And you asked me earlier whether or not I thought that that truck driver went into Chuck's. I wanted to actually run it over to you. I, now, now that I'm talking about it, I don't think he did. I think he parked his truck outside and laid down in the back or got that out was, of the cab.
1: That was Danielle's take. And and I think that – I my, my I used to think that he did go into the diner so that he could get a really good look at his prey. Sure. And then maybe play with him a little bit before he goes into his final
0: right game. Right.
1: Huh. To get that, to, to breathe the same air as his prey. Right. But I think that this dude is, whoever it is, is too smart. Yes. Uh, they've clearly been doing it for a long time in different states. I'm 1,000% certain that each of those license plates belong to another car. Right, that he has done this too, and this is the game that he plays. But I think that he wants to keep playing this game as long as possible with as many people as possible. And going into the diner creates a situation where you can get caught and not be able to play your game anymore.
0: Right? Yeah, you don't. And it's get...
1: even worse for the for the prey right. if they think you're in
0: there. And what a chuckle that is! Watching the the men that he thinks is the driver slowly get out go towards the trip but then get into a different car like the the rising tension this is what we were talking about earlier like there's n- there's not many moments where this movie's not a car chase but all of them are great all mm-hmm. of the like quiet moments that in mad 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 world just dragged and were boring as fuck and kind of meaningless these are almost more tense than the actual chases that's how tight this thing is you know like we get, we get him going over And slapping a sandwich out of a dude's hand And like you gotta stop fucking with me I can't deal with it anymore And then that guy gives him a beating And he goes outside and he gets in yeah. a different truck And it's not he the guy He gets in a
1: Buick or whatever he's like oh fuck it wasn't him I would have
0: to rewatch it Now I, I only had one question that makes me Even remotely doubt that maybe the truck Or even remotely think that maybe the truck driver Was in Chuck's There's a whole row of stools And I think we get a shot where all of them are full Yep sure do And then the guy like looks down for a second And he's not looking and he's not looking And and then he looks back up And he starts doing his truck driver lineup right And I think that's like a moment of magical misdirection Because he's not scrutinizing the truck drivers Until after he like looks away And then looks back at them And when he looks back at them One of those stools is empty Oh, fuck. And I I would have to rewatch to see if yeah. they were actually all the way full. I don't know. If they were all the way full, then someone left in that moment. But that's if they, a little
1: bit sneaky. I like it.
0: Right, because we don't know to look for that yet because he's not looking hard. It's, it's, right, because we haven't been
1: we haven't been keyed into his, what he's doing in his brain yet.
0: Right. Not to get I don't too, know that he's looking yet. not to get too ledger domain, but the best time for misdirection is before the trick starts. You know, oh, like when no one knows they're meant to be looking for anything weird, you can do some you weird party. shit.
1: You've already done the thing
0: Right you've done some You've done some sketchy shit And then you're like Now look at these cards And people are like Alright now I'm gonna burn his hands Too late
1: I say, But I already did the deck switch Two minutes ago
0: <laughs> Right like that's done Like and I'm, I'm wondering If that's what they're doing here Cinematically Which would be crazy Because with a made, made for TV movie In 71 These are the movies That you would get a chance To see more than once mm-hmm. Because they'll show them on TV like,
1: yeah they're going to like a weird like mini syndication well uh, we're gonna play duel again Friday at seven
0: right that's how Carnival of Souls became a cult film and didn't just die it it was shown repeatedly on late night TV and developed a cult following if it had been just a like a just a release broadly like my dad when Star Wars came out he went and saw it 14 times because once that movie left never see it You again. don't see it again right because yeah. they don't show it on TV um yeah I I loved Let's just jump towards the end Um, So basically after he leaves Chucks the couple times that he Tries to interact with the truck The truck just drives away a little ways Mm -hmm. And I thought that maybe Maybe some of that was The like showing That you can't really You can't really fight your opponent anymore Because your opponent is the machinery Your opponent's built in Your opponent's often faceless There is no guy to punch anymore It's the It's the machinery that's in motion that is attacking you. It's the, you know, it's that.
1: And that, yeah, that's made super clear at the end where he finally just sees, you know what? Fuck this dude. I'm going to get out of my car. I'm going to walk up to his cab and I'm going to beat the shit out of this guy. Right. And he just drives like. He just drives two miles an hour faster
0: than he's able to run. Right so you're, drives, you're fucking screwed he's like 200 yards down the road and he stops and he's like i mean if, right back over again right and he's like if, if this guy comes running at me again i'll just drive try. 15 miles an hour and right. i can't punch a truck
1: nope
0: and like that and that becomes part of the, the only
1: way that you punch a truck is with another car right and, and you
0: you kind of can't it's like the same way you can't punch a shark you know what no, i mean like
1: it's you've got to put a fucking fuel tank in it or a O2 tank in its mouth right. and Blow it, it up
0: Another thing I was just thinking about which is kind of interesting Is this is 1971 um, This could also be a metaphor For the now in that time period Burgeoning fear of serial killers this, the late, Oh that was a big That's right The late 60s through the 70s was the peak st- Peak moment for serial killers and well, what are like Serial
1: CK and you had like the whole All that the shit Green
0: river killer the Zodiac killer that's all I mean that's All again going through the mid 70s But this is sort of the start of it you know you've Already mm-hmm. had Charles Manson they say Charles Manson Killed the 60s so like there's One of your serial killers you've already had Carl Panzer I'm like ages ago at this point right But um one of the things I think is interesting About that and about the particular Content of this which is cars Have you ever heard of the lead theory of serial Killers no. So some of the so there's this theory back back in in this time period, gasoline was leaded, right?
1: Oh, I have heard of it, but so, yeah, go ahead.
0: So they're they're basically saying that there was a ton of people in the United States were greatly exposed to lead throughout like the 60s, 70s, and early 80s. Um, and some of the side effects of lead poisoning Which was pretty common in this time period Like they were able to measure people's blood In the late 70s and early 80s And they were finding that people had like Many times greater the, than, the, safe, or, than the, the safely allowable amount of lead To have in yourself Basically widespread lead poisoning in this country Some of those side effects are um, Like uncontrollable violence um, Impulsive behavior Lack of impulse control um, Just in general Aggression increases the, Your IQ decreases Your ability to think wow. reason, Like yeah to reason and think critically Decreases so like s- The side effects of lead poisoning basically Create a perfect stew For serial killers um, So if you there's a really Cool graph you can go find where you can see the moment when they took you can see if
1: you're a serious see if you're a serial
0: killer based on when you were born um but you can see the moment when they took lead out of gasoline they're like oh this oh, is wow. they're like this is really bad let's pull lead out of gasoline right so you can see when they started when they you know leaded gasoline when lead poisoning goes up and if you look at the violent crime rate in America when you hit that we take lead out of gasoline from that point, for the next twenty years, the violent crime rate is it is an exact correlation to the amount of lead wow. in the atmosphere. Exactly. So many people think that that's actually what gave rise to serial killers in the United States, what created a lot of that civil unrest, et cetera. Um, I mean, now in twenty twenty, where we're seeing well, like the same amount of shit, but with way less lead poisoning. What do we make is, of that? Right. But that I think that's really interesting, and you can go look that up. But I mean, these are. These cars are well. That now smoke is heavy. Leaded fuel, baby. Now, now it's fluoride in the water. So it's always right. Something. And if Alex Jones is to be believed, you know, it's baby, curse making your children gay. Oh, I've boy. seen the documents. I've seen the doc. Joe. I've seen the documents. <laughs> Sorry. You sound pretty. You sound. That's a pretty damn good impression. <laughs> well, and you listen to the three-hour fucking Joe Rogan episode where he just goes oh, yeah. off the rails, um, yeah, dude, I totally loved this. I I really really loved this movie. The uh, <laughs> Near the end it definitely g- gets a little weird Like that telephone booth Surrounded by Dude, rattlesnake okay, cage so bombs I've
1: gotta, I, gotta, I gotta say That that sparked a conversation that I had with Danielle That I want to share with you today On this episode of Measuring Flicks right. So a lot of it has to do with the fact That you know it's 2020 COVID times We're not traveling a whole lot Sure. It was nice to see at least somebody on the open road Having a an experience Whether or not it was a fun experience Being chased by a semi truck I'd take it uh, but you know i take it yeah, yeah but that that little pull over into that weird fucking like side of the road she had like an old carnival gypsy like wagon right right, right she yeah had, like a whole bunch of snakes and a phone booth and i thought to myself and i shared this with my wife that when this pandemic is all over right and we got our good shots in the arm and we're all able to travel again right what i'd love to do with the fck family is to go on a road trip where we go, we we head out west, but we don't have a destination in mind. Right. The entire trip is just go and find as many weird things as possible to pull over and experience. Ah. And we don't we don't Google shit. We don't fucking have any planet for it. we go by local recommendations and we go by talking and engaging with people out in the world and find as many weird snakes. In phone booths as possible. Right, to just
0: I like this, reengage with America and kinda do the gold the uh the American gods tour of side yeah. of like uh roadside attractions. I love yeah, this. Yeah,
1: but you yeah, but you don't do the fucking guidebook, you don't do the goddamn Right, you don't t- you Google follow the your signs. Trip. On Tuesday we're gonna see the world's largest ball of string
0: in Tulsa. Now no, that's it. I now Carl, you and I are both film fans, so you realize that there is there is about based on the films that I've seen, there's about a ninety 90- thousand I'm gonna say ninety four percent chance. chance
1: that we get murdered. We get
0: murdered, yeah, cause, like this is I don't know. we're gonna pull up, and the first one's gonna be Captain Spaulding and he's this gonna be gonna like be
1: Captain Spaulding. you know you, you, got, you got you got stump and then just, I'm like, just
0: saying, Carl, you got wrong turn, you got Joyride you got um devil's rejects. you got House of Thousand Corpses. you got oh, Rust guess, stop. you got
1: Hitcher <laughs> you got you got rat uh, race.
0: I mean, what
1: I'm saying. Like, <laughs> oh, we actually our our likelihood of getting murdered is probably going to be even more so because of the, everyone's going to be so pent up because of COVID. Those serial killers that are finally able to go out public and be within six feet of each other are going. Oh, you to, think the
0: serial killers are all masking up and oh, you know, self quarantining?
1: Ab- ab- they're probably sure that they're <laughs> the ones that are. They masked up first and observed social distancing. Right, they're like,
0: "I've not finished my great work. I must yeah. stay safe until." I the- shall
1: stay safe mm-hmm. until then. They were now just like fucking Norman Bates. Let me jump on there in the, you. sitting there in the padded room with the with the fly on his face. Right, right. Sh- let's let's jump. I'm not on even gonna kill that fly, and they'll see and they'll know that I'm just as. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm gonna. Um let me jump on Insta real quick. Um, we've got some new merch. Put the big project on hold till, you know, twenty twenty wild times.
1: They started selling like glam masks on Etsy and shit. No, the- just
0: to keep shit uh, keep the lights on when they can't be out serial killing they're like, You can buy driver's licenses and jewelry. Um <laughs> I'm I'm selling off my old trophies from the first, you know, fifteen um, the number of my number you like one
1: baby teeth we have tons of baby teeth we got baby
0: teeth adult teeth we've got finger bones we've got this locket not sure who this is I've always I did jack off on it a bunch of times Um, bunch. like a bunch this of
1: times it's more semen now than blanket <laughs> <Jesus>
0: Christ <laughs> Anyway, yeah, serial killers. Um... I
1: kind of want to shop that Etsy store.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Be like, yeah, I mean like a like a, a serial killer who's put pause on the old career. and He's clearing out the back catalog. Oh my god! So yeah, see, that's... The, the
1: old house is actually starting to come around a little bit. Oh They're getting work done to the roof. That's... It's not quite as dank. And
0: I've been so busy killing people, I didn't realize. I didn't realize. This roof is. Horrible. I had to re-shingle I'm glad I did that would have been I'd structural damage is a real bitch to to you know pardon my french but <laughs> honestly I think having to stop having to stop killing you know brunette 6 foot 6 oh, foot even women thing, who look like so, my mother you know
1: this this is a story that ends well actually because you know, the, the COVID is over. The serial killer is finally able to get back to his life's work. And the woman comes in. There's the he's ready to go. And because it's been so long, all he does is just give her a nice long hug because human contact is the met, most important thing. He and didn't then realize how
0: much he missed it until. Missed
1: it, And then she fills her gas up, her car with gas and goes about her merry way. And then he's like, fuck.
0: Well what if instead they got married and then really then then it's just the plot from so I married an axe murderer is the rest of that guy's life.
1: <laughs> That's incredible. That's how we get the married couple in Behind the Mask the Rise of Leslie Vernon.
0: Now you know what's interesting Carl is this is about the, where where we are right now where we got derailed and started talking about the lead theory and all that is about where the movie gets a touch puffy to me.
1: It is. It's weird, right? It, it's, it's like after the fourth commercial break or whatever, you're yeah. like, ooh.
0: There is like – this is the moment when he's, he's – you, you can't keep up with me on the grade, that whole thing. And there's some stop-start yeah. stuff. And and this is about the time where I think that we have a slow-motion car chase up a hill for just yeah. like eight seconds too long. Yeah, it's
1: a little bit – A touch. As, it's a touch. A, it's just a, a touch.
0: touch. Very worth watching. We, we talked about – um. The hell was that movie? Like this is we did not get the mac here. This is not like the end of Black Caesar, you know. Like the Black Caesar has like twenty nine minutes or thirty minutes that you could chop out of the end of that, where it's just like meaningless. I'm running. This is
1: shave eight seconds because actually the brilliant thing is I we 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 were told about and are aware of the fact that his radiator hose needs to be replaced. But it's so throwaway when we get pretty that subtle, knowledge.
0: Pretty subtle.
1: I totally forgot about it until steam started coming out of his fucking engine. I'm like, oh, your fucking radiator hose, bro. Well, it's Fuck. well done, dude.
0: Very well done.
1: I forgot about that shit. That sucks, buddy. It,
0: anyone who's ever had the check engine light flash and seen the temperature gauge going up, you immediately get PTSD anxiety from watching
1: this yep. dude run It with happened it to me rolling back from Big Rapids last year my Suburban, dude. Went down to see Nick Offerman at Ferris State with my dad. Excellent. On the way back, I had to work the next day, so I'm leaving at like 4 a.m. I get five minutes outside of Cadillac, and my fucking car catches on fire. Right. Like it's terrifying, it's, man. It's
0: for real, scary. When you see that gauge going, and especially if you've got like you know this thing hounding you down. Yeah. Oh my um, god. So. Oh. And then you get, you do get this thing where you just, by the way, I, really quick, because we, we glossed it just a touch, I love when the when the truck just keeps doing laps, just busting rattlesnake cages open, and the lady's like, my snakes, my snakes, and they keep showing us like tarantula, iguana,
1: you Nothing, know, like,
0: no snakes. gila monster, there's like one snake, one rattlesnake, and then she's um, got like a corn snake at the end, but I'm like, you, you had like two snakes lately. Like in
1: you... the 1970s uh network television you were only allowed to show three reptiles that was the max for censorship
0: so then there' yeah I mean honestly <laughs> Carl who knows man everyone who was knows? huffing lead back then so like lots of weird shit was going on but I love that she's like yeah this one here's my eight-legged furry snake and I call well, him the judge right. this one here's my four-legged uh got a got a weird little I think he, they call him a bearded snake you know this is an iguana snake. Yeah. Over here I got my uh It's a bear snake. It's a bear snake. It's like I don't think you understand what a snake is. That is a snake well, over do. there. I do see one. You do have a snake, but that's a that's a child. You have a kid in that. You kid in. Yeah, I call that one my nephew snake. It's in uh, and you're like, "What the fuck are that's, you That's my Charles snake. Yeah, Charles snake. We call him You can call him Chuck snake. Chuck snake. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "Thank God the truck attacked me here cuz I was yeah. about to leave anyway." Uh, is- but
1: that uh, that's some that's some incredible uh filmmaking right there. The the truck like barrowing down on him while yeah. he's in the phone booth. Oh my god, dude! Th- tell- he's coming straight at him, forty five miles an hour, and jumps me, out of.
0: Tell me, there's not a teensy little bit of Hitchcock just all over this movie.
1: Oh my god, it's all over this movie. Right
0: down to that. We borrowed. Right down the-
1: to the right down to the score. I mean, there. Uh, yeah.
0: All right. So. um. We do get a little like we get a, a moment of respite in this movie, which I like a lot, is when he he gets ahead of the truck and then he like whips a fucking shitty down into the valley and he hides by the by like the railroad tracks. <laughs> And we're back! Oh my god, uh, a little. It was
1: so it was so quiet there. Holy shit! I was dude. just like checking my messages on my phone. I was and wondering I was, if like, you could hear space. it.
0: I was wondering if you could hear it because I know. Oh yeah, that, I, you did. My, you it could.
1: Was, yeah, yeah. Oh my
0: god! Tell you what, tickle, tickle. Listen, listener, I just took me a piss break and uh, a little bit of Tito's and about a quarter cup of tomato juice just turned me into Tom Hanks <laughs> out of fucking a league of their own. I was leaning on the wall, just like yeah. Oh
1: my god! I wish I. You know.
0: <laughs> I wish I'd had I... blue cheese olives. Just,
1: <laughs> you know, if this if, if we lived in different times right now, I'd, I'd go. Oh. Uh, i drop off a cup of sugar for you because I got oh, I got a nice jar of blue cheese stuffies in my fridge right now. You lucky son of a bitch! I might. Pop I down got to, garlic stuffies too because I no might my pop clothes.
0: down to Tom's for uh, numbers three and four or five and six today. <laughs> you know, I got episodes to come. Maybe
1: I'm jealous. I'm gonna go to Costco and buy a whole bunch of booze today. I think <laughs> <laughs> it's Danielle's birthday tomorrow, so I gotta reload the coffers
0: I, hey I get it completely um all right Carl can we talk about profound symbolism
1: <laughs> yeah we sure can all right
0: so this buckaroo I know it's like duel directed by Stephen King PG made directed sh- by Stephen King st- oh, I'm sorry Ooh, Stephen Spielberg you know one. shot on shot on six millimeter felt like it
1: uh actually Stephen King did direct of duels called uh uh maximum, uh, overdrive. maximum overdrive yeah yeah
0: <laughs> Everybody takes a shot at the car chase movie Very few succeed You know like I mean I can name Maybe three four four good Like long form car chase movies off the top Of my head you know and we were gonna do Them all in one month last year Or <laughs> auto maybe sure. So here's the thing
1: like, Two lane blacktop needs
0: to be We will definitely be doing two lane blacktop In season four for sure Um. So he parks down He, he parks down By some railroad jacks right and t- we see the semi drive by, and we think, like, this is it. Okay, good. He's safe. The semi's passed. We're fine. And then he, like, falls asleep in his car, but we get these great, like, B-roll shots of the area where he's parked. And we see him parked in his car. He's just going to wait this guy out. He's given this man free range of the open road, right? And he's parked next to a junkyard. And the junkyard is filled with car old rusted like shitty cars that that are ranging from like the 1920s to the 1950s. And I don't think this is an accident because also we have several horses that are sort of like tied in a pen near these cars. This movie's called Duel. We've seen a gunfight, air quotes, gunfight using cars and a truck in, instead of guns. And now we have horses, basically like one of the most omnipresent symbols of freedom and potency mm-hmm. that exists on Earth. Wild you horses. You got the
1: bald eagle and then you got a fucking horse with a saddle on it.
0: Yeah, like pretty much all that's missing from this scene is like Jimi Hendrix playing the national anthem and a screaming eagle and an American flag falls on the dude's car And then the horses run by And it blows the flag into the air Like This is such a powerful Like a rock Right (laughs) (laughs) Oh like a rock You know like that That's what this And then Budweiser You know like that's all we're missing really Yep pretty much Three frogs do And then some people going What's up You know
1: Oh America sucks
0: I know like it was fine until it turned into the commercial and I was like burn it down Um, But no like I I think I actually really adore this this moment because it's this is the thesis of this film right here it's like uh, it's something about our diminishing technology and and how our technology doesn't last but that base spirit there will always be horses there will always be horses and horses live and die and horses are horses are freedom and we kept saying that cars were going to be freedom, and our technology was going to free us. But here's a big garbage patch of rusted out, dead shit.
1: That's wild that you say that because when I was watching this flick, and that uh, because it's pretty fucking high, like <laughs> <the> big point. <laughs> new theme for when her. he's when he's parked here next yeah. to this junkyard. I said to I said to Danielle, "Isn't it crazy that all of the new cars that we see in this movie?" the brand new ones is rolled off the lot right almost 100% of them are rusting and in junkyards right now none of them exist anymore they're right. all gone right. unless you're a collector and you let and you, there's probably less than 1% I, and it,
0: in a weird way man in 2020 that becomes even that becomes kind of more relevant because the only examples of these cars that still exist exist because of people who fetishize that yes generation in that type of technology the the cars from the 20s that exist only live because there are people out there who fetishize those cars and that time and those values mm-hmm. right yep exactly and the rest of it just goes in the it's junk disposable heap. but you know what never goes in the junk heap
1: life like horses, horses.
0: Yeah. yeah man like this is the fact that the truck that chases this dude around isn't like a brand new shining chromed out mac truck There's a reason for that. And it's not just because we want to make the truck look scary. We want to make the truck look old. Mm -hmm. You know, like it is a very ominous truck, but it's also a truck from a bygone era, you know, and this dude's car is at this time current. And now in 2020, you're looking back and it's all old technology. Mm -hmm. You know, all all of of a lot, all of these fears about women's lib and what men's place is going to be in this new world. These are still things we're wrestling with in 2020 but it's been around a while and i think it's important to recognize that these questions like the car and the truck and these this junkyard these questions are old technology now too and i think it's very <laughs> telling i think it's very telling that we haven't been able to address them in no. 50 years dude this is 1971 you know and the questions are older than that like we're just getting in weaker and weaker cars running away from bigger and bigger trucks but Let's jump to the end, because I think yeah. the, I think the end is where this fucking thing really comes together. Oh, also, I just saw a note. Um, <laughs> uh, appro- approaching the truck on foot. Remember during their little duel when he gets out and he walks towards the truck? You can't fight the machine. You know, like Rage Against the Machine, the machine. You can't fight against the machine as an individual flesh and blood and knuckles man. That time is past this isn't an age that, that bears that kind of fighting. We don't fight this way anymore. We head fuck each other and batter each other with technology. Actually, fast forward to 2020. This is a lot like Twitter. Anonymous violence, but the moment someone gets out of the car and you put a face to it, everything grinds to a halt. Because yep. no one talks that way to each other's face. There's, the stakes are too high. If if you're on Twitter, you will run someone off the road, and you will push someone into a train, and you will de-platform someone, and, oh, we need to censor this speech, you know, we need to push this person, you know, and destroy their career, and, oh, this person's getting canceled. The second that that person's standing in front of you, you're like, hey, um, I not think that was very cool, that thing that you said, but, like, you know, I respect your opinions, and, um, mm-hmm. um yeah. Dude, no, I'm
1: sorry, man, I was just talking. I was just, I was just dude, talking. it's just shit talking, just man, talking, it's just man. shit
0: talking, but. B- but that's only when you get out of the car when you're right. in the car dude twitter can feel as fucking intense as like running each other off the road and like on twitter people's careers have literally ended in an hour um yeah they sure as fuck have dude twitter is hi- a high stakes fucking place the only thing i use it for now is i'm like tagging episode i'm like new episode came out tag and then i'm like it's- back off of I'm there out. in a I'm second out. but like but isn't that kind of interesting like this Guy gets out and and twitter troll In the truck is like no 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 I don't Want to actually talk to you and he Drives up the way a little ways you know He's powerful in his twitter handle But if he steps out of the truck he's just a Guy and when you got two guys on the ground You know who wins John hey, Wayne Yeah <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> So um, Yeah but uh, was, we, We've talked about the We didn't really talk about the stunt driving honestly we we talked about how like this movie's tense and how there's lots of crazy. Well, I
1: think because we talked about Mad Mad World just moments ago, I'm kind of spent on talking about that's stunts, true. I think just a little bit. Just take
0: every nice thing we said about the stunt driving in Mad 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 World and in a slightly on a slightly smaller scale apply it to this movie. And we because yep.
1: think... there's not as many stunt stunts, it's more how we're filming these two cars on the road right. together that's impressive.
0: Yeah, and and good good drive. It's it's good drive it's good stunt driving but not many stunts. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're driving fast and close and erratically, but there's not that many there are a couple crashes. That car's fucked up by the end for sure. Oh, yeah. But um over the course of an hour and a half. There's no like big, big showstopper ones until the end when we get to the top of the hill and the cars burned out and we face off and we literally have basically a car and a Mack truck jousting each it's other it's a
1: joust yeah that's my it's, note it's it's a like...
0: duel it's this is the this is our second time that we've seen them draw and actually the first time we didn't see him draw because the truck was just blocking him it wasn't firing at him this nope. is two bullets coming out of two guns and those guns are these opposing viewpoints across decades and they are piling towards each other and this is where this movie, for me, perfectly ties the bow perfect perfectly closes the loop and comes all the way together because they act like they're what how I view them their respective generations nineteen seventy one guy knows that he's not as physically strong as this truck, his gun is not as big, his car is not as powerful. he cannot go toe to toe with this thing, but he can outthink him, so he wedges his briefcase, the symbol of his like Capitalist servitude You know what I mean Like the, mm-hmm. he's going on This business trip This truck driver's Like a Air quotes again Man's man You know He's probably got A baseball bat And a tire iron And a chain under the seat He's a man of violence This is a man Who's been under the yoke And you know We've talked a little bit About the, the women's lib Element of this But he's He's got a wife Who's head of household who he's treated pretty poorly because of his spinelessness, we see in that phone call. Mm-hmm. And he's using his weapon, and his weapon With is... With a
1: her- woman doing domestic duties in the foreground. Correct. That was interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah, that is... That's very telling. Yeah, there's there's women doing domestic duties in both shots, too. Yeah. Yeah, you've got Waitress and, you know, on his end, and she's, like, cleaning up the house and taking care of the kids. It's wild, right?
1: It's yeah. fucking...
0: So the truck and the car go full board each other in the end on top of like a plateau. You are all but getting like, I mean, we have tumble, literal tumbleweeds left, in this movie. No, I was No, that's going to say there's literal tumbleweeds, man. Yeah. So the, the, they're going at each other. And this is where this movie to me just shines is this final moment and seeing this dude subvert our expectations. Like you are ready for a suicide run. Because we've seen straw dogs. You see what happens when you push a man too far. He reasserts his masculine violence. and and, throw a bear trap at somebody. Right, right. You you wade through blood and reclaim all that is male in yourself and and jack off hand motion. What this dude does is he uses his brain, and he wins. And it's fucking awesome. Not only because he wins, but because he wins not only because he's cleverer than this truck driver is. Or this truck, if you want to think of the truck as like a overarching symbol. Yeah. When he when the truck hits the car and the car bursts into flames and the driver keeps the pedal down, why didn't he stop? The car's burning. That guy's dead. You know, but you keep, I'm gonna grind you. I will destroy you. This is Sherman's March. This is total war. This is John Wayne turned to 11, guns blazing full of holes. This is the violent man of the 50s. And then Steven Spielberg is showing us with the hammer down, man. He's like, I will fuck you up. But because he can't see through the flames, because he can't see past the violence, because he can't see past that moment of all-out war and destruction into the future, he doesn't see the precipice that that path is leading him towards.
1: mm -hmm, Blind to the fact that it's going to push him over
0: the edge, quite literally. Right, and he goes over the edge. And this may be my favorite shot since midsummer, the end of midsummer. This shot of the truck going over the cliff is so gorgeous. And there is no way that it was perfectly planned This is one of those times when you just When everything just falls exactly right There's a moment where this Where the trailer Like the 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 cab is like broken free And it's we kind of watch the trailer fall For like the last maybe third mm-hmm. of this shot It's long too It's like 30 seconds of watching a truck In slow motion Push a burning car off a cliff And then the two fall down the cliff To the very bottom of the ravine We see the whole fall
1: just really hope you have film in the camera. That's...
0: God damn, right? Like, I'm sure they were rolling, like, seven angles. Oh, know?
1: easy, yeah. Everyone's
0: got a brand new reel in. But, like, they, we only see one angle. One camera taking, doing one shot catches this whole fall perfectly. It's, dude, mm. it's like one of those film moments that gives you chills because you know that that when that trailer hit that rock and cant's over to the left, right? So it hits a rock and the back the ass end of the trailer like swings around to the left, right? And it has kicked up so much dirt and dust from the the hillside going down this mountainside that you can't see the mountain. It's tech it's just texture, dude. It's this texture of swirling dirt and dust that almost looks underwater. It looks like like a swirling underwater scene, but because of how the trailer falls the trailer is completely unobscured by the dust you couldn't have planned it that way no it's just a perfect happy accident of conditions that it's it's stunning it's gorgeous it's as beautiful it's, it's,
1: as yeah it's one of those shots where you where you you feel like spielberg calls cut looks at his first ad and goes "Did you get that Right.
0: <laughs> like tell me that was in focus and in frame tell me and we that, can Tell go me home. we got that. Tell it, me we got that. It's it's I was I was I actually I welled up like we've talked about it on the show before, but sometimes even if it's not like a funny or sad or whatever moment, if I see it something in a movie that's like perfectly executed and it strikes me as just like a a moment of apex art, I will cry just because it's so beautifully done. Yeah. I duel duel got tears out of me with that shot because I'm like, you caught it. You did it. You did the thing that every director wants to do, which is something happened with outside of your control, and it went perfectly. And the cameras got it, dude. That that shot is one in a million. You could drive that truck off that cliff a million times and exactly. never get anything exactly. that good again. It's fucking perfect. And then you get that that beautiful denouement of waiting to see if the truck is gonna get back up and claw its way up the hill and run you down, right? Yep. But it doesn't nope. It doesn't because you, because the, ma- the machinery of war and The machinery of blind rage and violence Has destroyed itself yep. In the face of your Moment of insight and intellect You know using the tools you're given Rather than reverting to type Fuck yeah dude Modern man defeats violent Throwback in the last 10 it. seconds And he doesn't ride off it into is... the sunset
1: No he doesn't he parks his and he sits down, and he chucks rocks
0: down to the twisted metal below. Now I Just, must, I, I. What do you think of that? Because how does how I does a it, western end? How does how does the nineteen fifty five version? Sun, of the, do the, sun setting, the sun is
1: so setting. Sun is setting. So he should he should be heading off into the sunset. And, and
0: the the sun sets in the west. And we've got our we've got our victor. We got the man who won yep. the gunfight, and he's backlit by the sun setting in the west. And what does he do? He sits down. He sits down and he throws rocks in a hole. I he's just happy
1: to. I think he's just happy to be alive, man. See, I don't think this <laughs> is a
0: happy. I'm. I'm. I'm of course living in like the heavy metaphors and symbols and stuff. Sure. I don't think this is a happy ending, man. I think this does not bode well for the for what, for what Richard Matheson thinks of of where men are going. If you read Matheson's work, he does have some. Some questionable portrayals of women from time To time he I sure. think for his time Period and for his writing I think he was Working on that I think he was t- Sort of trying to take in the-, the shifting mores of his time Some of his stuff feels a little dated Like old Philip K. Dick stuff feels a little dated Because oh, yeah. they're they're writing in a different Culture in a different time period But I, I like his insight here Which is you know in, in in these old movies at the end when the man does his when his the man does his violence when Shane guns down five six men in in six shots when John Wayne shoots Liberty Valance in the back you know the first CIA wet work operation to preserve democratic you know um, liberalism yep. and, and and the democracy in the West when he assassinates the first warlord you know they all ride away into the West they go further West off they go into the you know to the next frontier, the next horizon. In this movie, we don't get that because there is no further west to go. We're all the way to California, dude. It's yeah, 70, we're there. It's, we're from Pasadena. It's seventy-one. Yeah, there's there is no four violent men in seventy-one. There is no frontier for you to go and be violent in anymore. You've reached the end.
1: Holy fuck! Yeah, you can't walk into the sunset because you're
0: already as far as you can go. Right. There is no other place to go and be if you're this way. So now you have a man caught in between two worlds. He wants to go back to his wife and his office job. Or, or, or better, maybe it's better to say he can't go back to his wife and his office job right. because he's crossed the Rubicon. He has been through war and he has killed his enemy. And in 1950 there would have been a place For him somewhere mm-hmm. Maybe back in society post-World War II as a hero you, you vanquished the dragon You killed the violent man You used your, your, your own violence to, to Match his Or he goes into the sunset And he goes somewhere where men who've seen Things like him can go But this is Vietnam dude This is Vietnam He's not coming back a hero He murdered a guy Right. That's what he did you know like yes that guy was trying to kill him Yes self defense is justified but that's not how he Sees it he sees it as well he He's still the one that had to do that
1: deed And is the Right you are now different You've now
0: taken a life yeah he's damaged Man he's he's not going away to to Live in a frontier because there's no Frontiers left and he's not coming back a hero Because this is Vietnam there's no heroes left You know So he sits in the he sits around The crater with all the destruction at The bottom and he throws in rocks that's fucked up. That's a, It's really fucked. It's fucked a, up, man. It's a heavy way to go out, bro.
1: Because just before the, he does, he jumps for joy. As, as soon as he sees a truck going over and then it's done, he has this moment where he jumps and he puts his arms like, "Yeah, I did it." And then immediately that moment is over. No right. more joy. Right. And he sits
0: down and pitches rocks. That's it. And then credits. Silent what? credits. Silent that's, credits. Silent credits over him doing that. Here come the credits, and he just sits and throws rocks in a hole. I love this movie, man. Yeah, dude, Duel is so really goddamn good, fucking good. Oh, listener, I highly recommend this. Carl, I'm assuming you highly recommend this. I it's, mean, yeah, it's you, cheap on voodoo, man. Get on there, rent the shit out of it, three ninety nine. If you have not seen Duel, it is fucking good. It's really and then, good. Then,
1: then check out his next movie, Sugarland Express, with Goldie Hawn.
0: Is it good? I've never seen That's it. It's
1: really, it's really fucking good.
0: It's Steven Spielberg. Uh, I ha- yeah,
1: and I have the press kit
0: for it. For Sugarland Joe, Express. Joe Rogers is awesome. Dude, mad shout out to Joe Rogers again. Well, I, I, didn't, I have to. I have not, I have not seen him in ages, and I for the times I've seen him, I've not seen him long, but love that guy. Do <laughs> you ever
1: need movie posters or
0: oh. memorabilia? I would love to decorate the office. Right now, I've got this. I've got a big card target up, and I've got a uh uh cork board and that's all I've got. I need some. I'll
1: pitch up. I'll pitch 12 gauge gore on the on the show. <laughs> the number 12 gauge gore. Check him out on Facebook. Check him out on wherever. Google that shit. 12, it's
0: 12 gauge gore and his name is Joe Joe
1: Rodgers. Rogers. Joe Rogers.
0: Yeah. Alright. Yeah. Dude Matt shout out. Um I would like oh speaking of shout-outs, holy shit. Um uh, our patron Cassandra. By the way, are you done with Duel? I'm done with Duel. In, I'm done with Duel in the best possible way. I'm done with Duel. Oh my god! In, in is- by meaning meaning I'm not done with Duel. Maybe I got to
1: Goddamn, rebuy this. But hey, you know the, you know the great thing about a DVD being fucked up. You always get this another z- DVD. You can
0: get it on Blu-ray. You can get yeah yeah. It's a perfect excuse. When I when we went to watch Unforgiven and I realized I had the full screen version. I was like, Ugh, <laughs> I
1: <feel> so bad. <laughs>
0: That's adorable. Feel- the full screen <laughs> version of Unforgiven. No 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 no. Immediately by you know, HDX. Um, so, yeah, so this movie is great. Duel's amazing, but um, one of our one of our listeners, one of our patrons, Cassandra, um, she's down in Florida right now. Maybe not for long. And that's uh, I say, go get out of there if you can, because it's fucking. Dust. I mean, I
1: read the memes. I don't know.
0: <laughs> right, right, yeah. We all oh, we oh, we're in Michigan. We don't really have any anything to base this off of other than the news stories, which are basically like, uh, you know, uh, Sunday, <laughs> Sunday, December third. Florida fucked (laughs) You know You know Monday December 4th Florida double fucked As cases go off the rails Uh, It's a conspiracy Says governor Like We're seeing headlines That are like Is this Is this gonna be a state anymore After this is done I don't know You know Obviously we don't know The whole situation But if you see a good way Out of that please maybe you're on
1: buy the, buy the ticket and go
0: yeah but who knows like right now is a very fucked time to be like moving around and yeah, stuff and especially tough. with good news maybe on the horizon i don't know hunker down maybe could be an option do it do it max brooks uh zombie survival guide style oh yeah get you some water <laughs> do you some art. i gotta read that again man oh, it's that so good it's so good it, it, in 2020 it's like a different read where you're like i should be doing all of I this take stuff, it right? really literally yeah <laughs> You're like, "Bird, where's the water purification I'm not, tablets?" I'm not doing
1: any of this shit, Max Brooks.
0: Um, but all, all that aside, Cassandra has a podcast. It's a 90s pop culture podcast. Uh, Bird and I have listened to one episode, we're about to start our second. The cover art is amazing. The cover art catches like that time period so well. It's called the podcast is called Cassandra Explains It All. C A S S A N D R A Explains It All, sort of like Clarissa Explains It All. I dig it. I they dig it. they do boy meets world. they did an episode on the mask. um she has I, th- I I actually haven't listened all the way back to the beginning. I started with the most recent episode. I think she has sort of like um different guests on depending on the week or whatever but they oh, jump yeah. they jump into like that like late 80s early 90s sort of pop culture type stuff and it's fun. My favorite part about listening to people's stuff that I've been following for years online is they never sound the way you hear them in your head. Oh right Yeah like finally hearing Cassandra's voice I'm like oh my god Is that what she sounds like (laughs) That's not at all What I
1: had in my head
0: (laughs) Yeah Um, But yeah So that was That was cool I wanted to shout that out I want to do a little bit Of a correction Bird and I were talking about this I was meant to do this On the Mad 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 episode But I was so enraged By that film That I forgot to do it Um, When we talked about Midsummer. We talked about the blood eagle effect right when they've got that dude's lungs all pulled out his back and like the lungs are breathing and his like ribs are all busted open you got it's a fucking amazing effect I think we said like eat your heart out Tom Savini you know like
1: yeah we sure did
0: it's a it's an incredible effect and I had said on that episode that that was like that that was the best effect of that type that I'd ever seen right and mm-hmm. bird was we were walking and talking and bird was like well i mean you wrote about that other one you know and she mentioned this other film and i realized that i short shrifted a movie that did this before midsummer did and maybe better i will i have to give it there's a, there's this shit movie i mean it's not it actually the movie's really fucking good but it's like kind of like early 2000s shock mm-hmm. shock and gore horror flick called autopsy okay now, Autopsy, dude. If you can rent this movie, it's probably free on Voodoo or Tubi. I honestly. got it as
1: a pre-street rental when I worked at the video You've store. You've seen I've this seen, movie? I've seen Autopsy. Okay. Absolutely.
0: So, Bird and I, we used to go down to Family Video and we would rent horror movies in alphabetical order. We were That'd trying be the to, one. <laughs> yeah, we were trying to rent our way through all of them. We were like, I mean, it's if you look at our that notebook we have where we rate horror movies, it's like abominable. <laughs> autopsy.
1: Um, autumn. You're in the you're in the murder. two for a dollar section, and you're going in alphabetical order. See, man. you Hell did, yeah.
0: you definitely, yeah, you've done this. You've worked, oh, in yeah. you worked in video stores. You know what's what? Like it was, it was two for a buck, and you know, keep them for fourteen nights or whatever, or maybe never yep. bring them back. We don't give a shit. It was those kind of flicks. Um, Autopsy's fucking really good, but there's a scene in there. It's basically a bunch of kids get kidnapped and they're being body farmed is the gist. There's a scene in there where there's a dude It's like the main character's boyfriend And she's been trying to find him this whole time They're in a subterranean cavern She k- She opens the door and she's like Tony, Tony, are you in here, Tony? You know, it's like that kind of flick Where everyone's doing okay work But, it's part- but mostly it's shitty Garbage. Fucking Tony's on the table D- uh, Listeners if you like horror movies I recommend Autopsy it's a gory Fucked up flick but it's so good Tony's like we see him in the darkness And, and he's in a black room like barely Lit because of the open door and you're like what the hell There's like some weird there's like cobwebs Is it cobwebs And she turns on this like dim ass Light that barely illuminates the room And Bird and I refer to this shot As the guts cloud Oh uh. So he has been vivisected. He's cut from, like, neck to belly, like, to, to taint. He's split open, right? And he's open on the table. And all of his innards, lungs, heart, entire gastrointestinal tract, liver, the whole shebang is pulled up out of his guts, or up out of his, like, body cavity in this mushroom cloud of gore. And about seven feet, six, seven feet above the body, they spread out all of his organs and everything is hanging on chicken wire and hooks from the ceiling. And you see his heart beating. You see his fucking lungs like going in and out. You see, dude is
1: alive. And the dude is
0: still alive with all his shit pulled out and like hung from the ceiling at, like Christmas ornaments. I gotta give the nod. I gotta give the I gotta give the nod to the autopsy, dude. Midsummer, obviously, perfect movie. Right. Can't take anything away from it. It's fucking brilliant, but. I was wrong that blood eagles pretty goddamn good but in huh. my in my memory bro uh, that, the, the guts cloud yeah. and autopsy takes the cake that shit is wild brutal. all right so I had to make that little correction far be it for me to you know overlook a, a shitty <laughs> b-movie slaughter two fest for,
1: two for dollar <laughs> direct to fucking shitty oh yeah exactly but you know what
0: man shout it out when you see it it's a killer Absolutely. effect it's really goddamn good um that's it for duel That's pretty much it For for all of that shit Now I have a bunch of episodes To cut today So we're gonna get out of here As quick as we can Also I've kept Carl t- Much too long I am so hungry I, You know I'm I'm hungry too But I love I've it.
1: had a Faye today That's it
0: That's not good A faya Faji A, a phage. phage A phage you, you gotta have more than that bro Alright so let's burn through this Um if we are a listener supported podcast, if you like what you heard, if you if you like this movie, if you like movies like it, if you like podcasts, if you're a good human being, head on over to Patreon.com If you like trucks (laughs) head on over to Patreon.com slash cool and film Q U I L L A N D F I L M. You can get full length bonus episodes, shout outs on the shoal on the shoal. On the shoal
1: on the show, You get shout outs On gets, the shoal It's bad luck, like, it bad luck To kill a seabird It's
0: bad luck To kill a seabird Why'd you spill Your beans Connor Sweeney <laughs> um, You get shout outs On the show That was a good Bloody Mary folks Tito's making oh. A hell of a Bloody Mary um, And they sound A little something like this We would love To thank our listeners The people who keep The lights on Keep our mics hot And keep our uh, Keep everything going Direct to shittio We would like to thank Connor Sweeney, Brian Jackson, Daniele Hartelli, David Rowney, Jeffrey Morgan, Casey Shibe, Kelly and Mike Wagner, Kevin Ramirez, (laughs) Sarah Hartley, the enigmatic and mysterious, always charming and devilishly handsome William Rockwood, Cassandra, who explains it all over on Spotify, and Cynthia Van Manen. Thank you all so much. Also, shout out, even though he's not a patron, shout out to I don't even know his real name, or if it's even a he, because the Facebook profile is gone, so I can't go see who the person is. But our listener in Scotland, Romac, bro, I went looking for you. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get some dialogue going, but it looks like you deleted your Facebook. Good for you. Head on over to Patreon.com/slashcoolandfilm and get on those message boards, cause we miss you, Mr. Mac or Mrs. Mac or Ms. Mac or Mac, whatever the Mac, the Mac. The Mac needs to get back in our life Because we just discovered we've got Scotland Carl, Get back here Mac <laughs> What the fuck is wrong with you Come on back Mac Reach out to us at measuringflixpodcast If at you gmail.com. come back I'll
1: quote uh, Robert Burns To
0: you I mean, well, let's, let's not scare him off, Carl. I mean,
1: I guess that's more like <laughs> scaring someone off.
0: Yeah, what are you doing, bro? We're trying to get, we're
1: trying to get the Mac. Oh, Stop, the we're,
0: dude. We got to get the Mac back in the shack. Join us next week uh, when we apologize for yep. your, all of that. <laughs> the entire
1: Scottish nation for Carl's horrible rendition of oh. To a Mouse. By Robert Burns.
0: So we are uh, we're wrapping up we're wrapping up your uh, your amazing fucking film set through November uh, with with maybe dude I don't even know I I haven't seen this movie and so I remember this movie and being, over
1: a year for me
0: I remember this movie being only amazing I'm pretty stoked Bird will almost certainly be on the next episode for those awesome. who haven't heard her voice fucking in a while yeah.
1: and we just lost the man himself yesterday Toe well, Cutter man. Did you die Yeah, it? Yeah
0: It's a fucking Sucks. shame bro It's a shame yeah. It's uh Yeah we lost Just last week We were talking We lost Carl Carl Rainier This this year as well cool. It's been a tough year All around Um But next week We're wrapping up With Mad Max Fury Road If you haven't seen The original Mad Max It's over on the Criterion channel If you haven't seen Fury Road Then you were You were never A friend of mine Honestly <laughs> 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 It's really good You guys should spin it Um We love y'all We're getting out of here Stay tuned. We got lots of cool stuff happening, especially now that we're recording more regularly. Carl, dude, I love talking mm-hmm. to you, man. I'm glad love we're doing you. it more regularly again. I know, makes me so happy. All right, but you go eat. I'm gonna yes. go make another Bloody Mary and start chopping episodes. So <laughs> we love Hell you yeah. all. We will be back next week for Mad Max. Um, stay safe, stay sane, and and keep your foot on the clutch.
1: On the clutch? I would say more like the gas.
0: Ride the clutch. Burn your clutch out.
1: Make sure you burn your clutches make, out.
0: You want to make sure. <laughs> We got to keep these granny
1: shifting, not double clutching like you should.
0: (laughs) We got to keep these small clutch industries and these, no one's going to bail out the clutch manufacturers, Carl. (laughs) So everybody this, this week, fry your clutches.